Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Let's lock in. This is Unrivaled. Yes! Yes! The teams you live for. The sports you love. With Scott Mitchell and Alex Keurig, presented by G2G Bars on 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. So, so, so. Hey, everybody. Welcome on in. It's Unrivaled. Happy Thursday to you, Alex Keurig, Scott Mitchell. Scott, you ready for March Madness? Because <laughs> we're in March, baby. I know. It's 3 2 2 0 2 3. Oh, boy. Lots of twos, lots of threes, lots of zeros. Is that a, we used to have a guy back in my old nightside days. We we had a guy who would hit us up on every date that had a number of like significance or even partial significance. Mm. Today would have been one of those days. You know, today is uh, 0302 of 2023. And I'd be like, yeah, great. <laughs> you know, and and you know what? I don't. I'm not one of those guys who buys into the numbers. But because you're a suspicious uh, and superstitious uh, former athlete, There's a lot of symbolism in, oh, in numbers. See, I knew it, and a lot of oh, meaning in numbers. Today's special somehow because it has a couple numbers that look familiar on here. Well, welcome to your second day of March. Thanks for being with us on the program. We got lots to do today. Tons to do. Scott, you feeling good today? Everything? I uh, feel amazing. Except for I got my, uh, I got in a boo boo my truck. Yeah, so Scott got in his first car accident last week. If, yes. if people are tuning in now, Scott is a guy in his fifties. All right, and fifty-five. A guy in his fifty, mid fifties, mid fifties. And you were kind of a, uh, like I don't, I don't know anybody who has gotten to that point in their life where it, who's been, been a, a driver their entire life. And and you, by the way, you're from like a small town. And like, and then you. What's wrong with that? I'm just saying, like everybody gets in a little bit of a ding somewhere, and I feel like you're not telling us the full truth here. No one, you got in a single car crash at some point, didn't you? No. Okay. No, I don't. I don't. I don't get in wrecks. 
Well, so Scott so got a little fender bender. So I go, they do the evaluation, mm. you know, the estimate today. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, oh, and by the way, it'll be the middle of May oh. before we can actually get to your car. What are you talking about? To even start fixing it. So is it because is it because your bumper it's because, has it's because your bumper has a computer chip in it? And they no, can't get the just, computer chip. It, no, it's just they're just backed up. They're that backed up. Um, okay, so you have. So I was just shocked. So you, are I went you in driving and, a Dodge Neon right now for the no, next three months? So, no. What they said is, if you can drive it, drive <laughs> it. Otherwise, wow, your insurance will probably run out of like car rental. Well, yeah, in before, like ten days, probably. Yeah, so something like that. Well, uh, I've never heard of that being pushed all the way till May. So that's a bummer because I've seen well, the that's, bumper. That's that's, that's the world how, we live. I've in. I've seen today. how crappy the bumper looks. Yeah, you want me to bring over my saws? Nah, there might be that, some things we have to fix. We on. could pull up. We could uh, cut that piece off right yeah. there. All right. Uh, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna kick off the show. Jeremy, you good? Everything okay? All right. You sure, Jeremy? Mm. He shrugged his shoulders. Wanna, something you want to share with us? Uh, we did. I didn't know this, but we actually, Salt Lake over the All-Star break became uh, a actually a piece of its own economy. It created something out of something Charles Barkley had said. Oh. We'll bring that up in a little bit. Oh, yes. And I'll, uh, I'll roll that out for you because I didn't know yeah. that being a boring A city was going to be so profitable for some people. Cottage industry started here. Yeah, we got but something really, going on. But a really boring cottage industry. Well, of course. Yeah. Like it's a cottage cheese industry. Like- <laughs> <laughs> is it the small curd or is it the large curd? <laughs> Whichever is more boring for you. <laughs> I can't think of a more boring. I think curd is the most d- disgusting name ever invented. <laughs> Can I get some cheese curd? Oh, cheese curds are the best. I know they're the best, but the sound of curd does not sound enticing. You know what? Cottage cheese is a boring A snack. Oh no! It's I'm there for it though. I love it. I you, there's I'll so totally many admit, things you can put in cottage cheese. Like and, if you're a fruit and cottage cheese guy, I'm gonna have a oh, problem. Blueberries and cottage oh. cheese. Are you kidding? You know what else is really good in cottage cheese? Pineapple. Oh, oh they're gonna pull like my dad. You know, a good a good pineapple no. is a good. I don't even know if I don't even know if you're worthy of me sharing this with you. <laughs> oh, it's not peaches. It. It's not a fruit. It. Oh, Jello. It's not a fruit. It, there's no <laughs> sugar. Jello is not a fruit either. It, there's no sugar oh, okay. in, in any it? of this. What is it? Tuna. I'd do it. Tuna yeah, and cottage cheese is really I told good. you that the, the way that it's I got very, fat very as a kid was cottage cheese and Cheez-Its. <laughs> like, that is the most, cottage like. Cottage cheese. That's the most And trashy. Cheez-Its are not why you got no. fat. Okay. <laughs> it was for me. They, it was. I ate pounds of the stuff. What an embarrassment I was. But you I, know what I could go for right now? The cottage cheese cottage and cheese. Cheez-Its. Yeah, yeah. I All think right. you could just pass on the cottage cheese. <laughs> just go straight to straight the Cheez-Its. Straight to the Cheez-Its. Man, I could do some of those those cheese curds in the middle of Utah too. I do every time. A- I, every time I go down to St. George, gotta stop in Beaver and get myself some cheese curds. Have to <laughs> sit in the big old chair there. Well, I hate that Beaver. place because I got I got taken for a tire in college there. Really? And I, I to this day I can't go through that to the big chair place in Beaver because I mean that I don't it's know the how only many place times where they come out and they they like wash your windows. Yeah, and, and then they go pump where your are gas. Y'all headed. Ooh. I don't think I'd make it on that front right tire up there. Really? Like, that, say wherever you're going to go. Yeah, we're actually going to Parowan. You know, 50. I don't think you're going to make it to even a Paragona from here. <laughs> you know, like, I hate those tire ripoff Paragona. guys. <laughs> those, the tire ripoff guys are a real problem. I think the Gepharts, the entire Gephardt family have done uh, full pieces of, of these guys. In, in, the, in Beaver? Not just Beaver. Like the Southern oh. Utah. And you, it is a thing. The guys who rip off people on their drive in central Utah, it's a thing. Sue me. 
for whatever you want, but I got taken for a tire when I was in college because I'm not from Utah. Well, that's on you. I know. I was a real dumb college student because they're like, you're going to Arizona? You're not going to make it. Not on these tires. <laughs> they sold me one tire. You know how embarrassing it was? I sat in the car <laughs> while they put me on the lift. They changed the tire while I sat in my car <laughs> on the lift. <laughs> I hate those guys. And don't tell me you haven't been hit up on the way out. Yeah, they wash your windows, but they also go, ooh, that front left looking a little rough here. I got one just that size in the back. Get out of here. I've never had them do that to me. Jeez. All right. Let's kick off the program in a real way instead of talking about uh, cheese, cheese curds. curds and getting ripped off on your tire drive. And tell me somebody else. Please tweet me that you've been at least approached by these guys to rip you off. I know it's a thing. Let's uh, speaking of cottage industries. Let's jump into the program here. We got some awards to give out. Actually, somebody else gave an award out to uh, the Jazz rookie Walker Kessel. Let's jump right in right here. The other question, undeniable, unrivaled, top sports story of the hour. Here's what made the cut. All right, the cut. And this program is always brought to you by G2G Bars. G2G Bars, uh, all natural ingredients, no preservatives, plenty of protein. Uh, G2G Bars, perfect for anybody who needs that quick, tasty, nutritious boost. Costco, Associated Foods, Maverick, Holiday Oil, and some select rip-off gas stations in central Utah. The only thing you know they're selling that's true there is the, uh, is the G2G Bar, right? I've never it. had a problem there. I know just, because you uh, you are a man. You're a well seasoned veteran of I not guess, getting ripped off. Yes, I just don't. As have, a 21 year old, don't have that imprint on my forehead. <laughs> as a 21 year old, I was like, really? Gosh, freaking hate those guys. <laughs> uh, also, Trajan Wealth. Call Trajan Wealth today. Your local trusted financial fiduciaries. 801-899-7600. or visit their website trajanwealth.com. Walker Kessel was named the NBA Western Conference Rookie of the Month. Hey! Hey, everybody! Good job! Hey, we were talking about this the other day, whether or not he was going to be on the all-rookie team. I think that's a no-brainer. And this just kind of uh, just kind of puts it on there. And I was looking at the actual release. Uh, I'm, Walker Kessler is Will Hardy's son because that's the way he treats him, right? Like, he's like, I'm proud of this guy, but also I'm coming after him. And he has a specific relationship with him. The seven foot one product of Auburn – Average 11 points, 70% from the field, uh, 11 rebounds, 3.2 blocks in the 30 minutes per contest in the 11 games that he started in February. So Walker uh, Kessler has been a very pleasant surprise, right? And, he's, and, been, and, he's been – he has overperformed. And, and that's with knowing that he was a really good guy at Auburn and how good his defense was. He's even – like that, that whole – the Rudy Gobert trade has been an absolute well, I, I gift. Well, hold on to, to that thought for a minute because – I, he's been really good for a rookie. Yeah, no, I'm not saying what, he's better what, than Rudy. What, but. No, but what I think uh, will pan out, or what I'm curious about, is not where he is today, because I think I think Rudy Gobert was a project, more of a project than maybe a, a Walker Kessler, but he made massive strides in his time. Now Walker has a better, you know, movement and ability, and I think he's better at handling the ball. Rudy was a guy that you couldn't bounce past to him. You know, everything had to be up high, and Walker actually, you know, can can receive that bounce pass. He also is a guy that just fundamentally keeps the ball up, you know, really simple things sure. on rebounds. He's actually quite strong rebounding the ball uh, in traffic, but 
where does he go from here? That that's I, I know it's like sounds like what have you done for me lately? And I'm not trying to sound that way, but he's good for being a rookie, and he's had a like a smashing success of a rookie season so far. Yeah. But what about when he becomes a sophomore? What you know, if he's really going to go somewhere, can he develop into one of the more elite players in the NBA? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what his work ethic is. I don't know what his body will develop into. You know, you look at these seasoned NBA guys, man, and their bodies are all just like Greek Adonis. I mean, they are just chiseled and they're strong and and he's still just a little pup. And and what what does that puppy turn into? I don't know, but uh, that's the thing that I'm I'm interested in with with Kessler is what kind of player does he evolve into from here? And he certainly deserves all that what he's got. But I think that's what Will Hardy is trying to say to him: You haven't arrived. There's so much more. There, you know, don't settle for. Don't be comfortable. Don't be you know. All right, I made it in the NBA and I had this amazing rookie year. Uh, don't get comfortable, you know, find an edge. And I think that's where, Will, that's the message. You got to keep that edge. You got to be nasty inside. You got to, you have to be so much more if this team is really going to go places because the, the playoffs, you know, are another deal. I wonder if that might be the blessing or the next phase for Kessler to go. You need to experience the intensity of the playoffs, and that's going to give you a better idea of the kind of player you're going to need to be in the future. Let me look at the – I want to go through some Rookie of the Month history here. You ready for this? Yes, I always last, like history. Last Utah Jazz man to win Rookie of the Month was Rookie of the Month. I'm going to say Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell in the 2017-2018 season. He uh, won it four times that year. That was his rookie year, right? That was his rookie year. It was also – Strangely enough, uh, Ben Simmons' rookie season. Oh, uh, you know we've had a few we've had a, a few jokes that have gone along with that. Carl Malone, how many times did he win uh, Rookie of the Month? How many times? Yes, zero. He won it one time. Ah. He won it one time. Uh, Trey Burke won it twice. Wow. Rodney Hood won it once. Ooh. So now these are all guys that at one point you were like, I have a lot of uh, high hopes here. Rodney Hood was a guy that we had, you know, comes out of Duke, and we were really excited about this guy. What about John Stockton? John Stockton. How many times he win it? I'm going to say zero. That's your zero times. Yeah. Uh, Stockton was uh, kind of a a role player back up to the fastest of them all, Ricky Green. And I remember watching Stockton, and he actually spoke to our junior jazz team. Because we got we got tickets to to jazz games, you did. <laughs> uh, so I took my whole junior jazz team. Yeah, you know, man. when I was in high school Absolutely. coaching them, and uh, he spoke to us after the game, and we were like, "Oh man, we don't get a starter. We just get some backup guy named John Stockton. Like we want we want one of the good players." Can you name? Did you all... hear what I just said? I did. That was funny. <laughs> was it? Yeah, it was funny. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Say it again. Thank Deliver you. it again. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, let me ask you this, though. Of all the guys, of all the rookie of the years that the Jazz have won over the, over the years, uh-huh. only the Golden Griff, was, he's the only rookie of the year we've had out of this franchise. Okay? The Jazz have also had Wait, an all- the only rookie of the year. Only rookie of the year like uh, in Utah Jazz history. So he was the actual NBA rookie of rookie the year. Rookie of the year in 1980 Okay. Okay? Dr. Duncan Stein. So- See if you can give me the all-rookie first-team guys. 
from 1981? From starting from the Griff all the way up. Okay. Through, and I'll give you another hint. Donovan Mitchell was also on the all-rookie team. So oh, yeah. from from Daryl Griffith all the way up to Donovan Mitchell, who were the guys who won? Who the are the guys of the year? that? Were and this is on, only a practice, not, not rookie of the year, but no, maybe sorry, all rookie, rookie team, all rookie team, first team, all okay. rookie first team. So uh, these are your best rookies in Utah Jazz history. In Utah Jazz history, between the Griff all the way up to Donovan Mitchell. So I'll say Carl Carl Malone. Okay. Um, I don't know why I'm saying this. I'm gonna say Carlos Boozer. Booze, Booze was interesting because I think he was, he was actually no, he wasn't with the Jazz as a rookie. No, he was not. No, no, no. But uh, Boozer was a guy who was on a couple of he got a couple of players of the month, but not uh, Darren Williams. Darren Williams was a rookie of the uh, yeah, uh, was all, on the all rookie, rookie team. team. Yes, I want to say Ostertag. No, absolutely not. But I'm not. I'll going shoot to. that down. No. Okay, good. Good for you. <laughs> I, I, good for I you. I wanted to say it. Uh, so then there's. Uh, Hmm. You're missing one between the mailman and the Golden Griff, and it's a person we hold near and dear to our. Well, I was going to say Mark Eaton, not Mark Eaton. Uh, also, Big T, Big T, Throw Bailey. Look at that, Big T, Throw Bailey. So Daryl Griffith, Big T, Throw Bailey, Carl, Carl Malone, Malone, Darren Williams. We're missing one between the mailman and Darren Williams. Uh, out of uh, out of Russia. Is it Karolinko? It is AK-47. Is it really? Okay, oh. then D-Will. And then I mentioned one of these guys before Donovan Mitchell because he won Rookie of the Month three well, times. Hood or Bur- Bur- Burke? Troy, uh, Trey Burke. Trey, Trey Burke. Burke. He was like a lottery guy. Trey right? Burke was a ninth pick overall in the draft, yeah. yes. But these are guys – now, I will tell you, this is a this is a warning. This is a warning to you, right? Thurl Bailey – Awesome. Daryl Griffith, awesome. Carl Malone, all time. Yep. AK was even an, an all-star, yes. right? Darren Williams, an all-star. Yes. Donovan Donovan Mitchell, yes. all-star starter, amazing. Yes. The only one that you'd look in there and go, look at a little bit sideways, is Trey Burke. Yep. It pays to be on the all-rookie first team, and that's where Rock, Walker Kessler's headed. Like, he's he's already got the momentum so to history, be the guy. So history uh, is kind to players that make the all rookie, it team. is not insignificant to win the yeah. uh, to be the all. So that that to, that honor is something that uh, more than likely will turn into something. I just, so Gobert was never was not on the Gobert. Nope, it wasn't even an all rookie second team. Your all rookie second teamers, D Faves, Derek Favors. Oh, now it falls off pretty yeah. pretty significantly there, right? Derek Favors, but then Paul Millsap, who ended up being a ended up being a multi pretty good, pretty good player, multi yeah. uh, time uh, all star, yep. and Blue Edwards. Oh, blue, uh, blue Edwards, eighty nine, ninety. So, but the rookie of the month is a pretty interesting thing because the only rookies of the month have been Walker Kessler, Donovan Mitchell, Rodney Hood, Trey Burke, and Carl Malone. So, I think he's already on his way. History is kind to the guys who make the All Rookie First Team. So, I'm happy for the kid. If you make Player of the Month, you're probably going to be on the team. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and and not only that, how I, many guys are on the all rookie team? Is it five? I, I would think it'd be five on the he's first five, team, and they do a second team as well. Yes, so he's going to be on the Who other. Team. What other center that's a rookie would? Is it really? Um, yeah. Now you put me on the spot here because I've got all these Jasmine uh, in Sorry. my face, and so no, I don't know. Well, Mark Eaton was, however, on the all defensive first team a handful of times, and all, of course he was the uh, defensive player of the year. What is now the Hakeem Olajuwon defensive player of the year? By the hmm. way. So. Interesting. Yeah, see, Jeremy perked up. Huh? Yeah. You say right. something about me? You say something about my people? 
Yes, Hakeem Olajuwon. Didn't or Hakeem as, uh, like fast for like 40 days every year? Yeah, for uh, Ramadan. I don't know if it was Ramadan. 40 days, but yeah, Ramadan's simply it was, a month, it was, isn't it? It was, was it a month? Was it 40? I thought Ramadan's it was 40 days. Ramadan's a month, isn't it? It's about a month. Yeah. I'm glad we're all religious experts like in this room. Know. So I said about. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. There's a, a space listen, of time. Uh, it's, it, but it's also not a – I mean, listen, that's – I have a tremendous respect for that. Yeah. That now it's, a, it's, a, it's about it's – about, uh, so this year it goes March 22nd to April 21st. So it is a month. Hmm. So there you go. All right. Uh, Scott, there you go. Uh, you want a faster our, Ramadan with Our me? rookie – you and I probably need it. Uh, aside from like the, the spiritual enlightenment that we probably both need, we both – Better yes. show would be better. Yeah. Absolutely, probably focus a little bit more. Uh-huh. Walker Kessler, Rookie of the Month, and I will tell you right now, this is a guy who's got a tremendous, a tremendous future with this Utah Jazz franchise. And we had no idea six months ago what was going, what we were going to be getting you, from this. You kid. know what? Part of I think will help Walker get better in the future when the Jazz start getting um, a, a consistent lineup. You know that they have and they work with a, a lot of the bigs in. You know that. The pick and roll guys, you know, kind of that type. There, there. You need a confidence and a comfort level on where to pass, when to pass, and and that just takes being able to play consistently, you know, w- with each other on the floor, and and that that's something that I think kind of has been, you know, Connolly was good at it. Jordan Clarkson's kind of figuring it out. Right. Sexton. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to get that consistent, you know, I think will really help him even become more consistent as a player in the future? Uh, I, You know, I, th- I think about guys like Walker Kessler and where they could, you know, because you look at, at it, if you look at the all-NBA teams or all-rookie teams over the last, uh, uh, just in the last couple of years, let's go back to last year's uh, all-rookie team, okay? Scotty Barnes, Franz Wagner, uh, let me see here, Josh Giddy. Evan Mobley, Jalen Green, these are all guys, Cade Cunningham, these are all guys who people looked at and went, man, these are, th- th- these guys have futures, man. And, and and if you go back and see the all-rookie team from some of these other, from some of these other years, it's a, it's kind of a who's who. If you go through on Wikipedia and just look and see who these guys are who are on the all-rookie team, every season, basically starting from last year, ended up being, they're, they're, they're basically, almost every one of them is an all-star. And, you know, you're talking just two years ago, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Sadiq Bey, and Deshaun Tate, these are all guys that are pretty dang good. Maybe not Deshaun Tate, but Deshaun Tate, but there you go. Again, it pays to be on the all-rookie team. Well, I like how you're using data and numbers to kind of illustrate, you know, um, understanding basketball and what's going to happen. Damian Lillard? All rookie, first team. So I did a thing, a yeah, little math do? equation earlier in the week when you weren't here. Oh, what was it? Kind of similar. It's like, you know, numbers kind of tell a story is what really what you're saying here. Okay. And I like the story. I like I like that there's a lot of promise for Walker Kessler. But I was looking through some of the statistics for the Jazz, and they're giving up 117 points a game, and they're scoring 117.6 points a game. And you know what their record is? Is that good or? It's like thirty-one and thirty-two. <laughs> yeah, so it's right around five hundred. Right so, see, there's a correlation there. Yeah, I got it. I, I put that math together. You know what? Uh, and here's the other thing: they've been kind of not great on the road and kind of not great at home. Yeah. Guess what their record is? Kind of not great. Eh. Yeah, <laughs> middle of the old road yeah. there. 
All right, let's huh. take a break here. Numbers don't lie. I will uh, take us a break here, Scott. When we come back, let's have a little discussion here. I want to bring it up. This is something that uh, I know will probably be near and dear to your heart because the NFL actually, the Players Association, released a survey of the 1,300 players, and they've graded their respective teams' different working conditions. Now, when you hear somebody grading a working condition, it sounds like they're in a mine, you know, like in a country that is making kids work or something. Now, but you got to respect these guys. And some of the places that have graded really, really poorly, you'd expect. And so we'll roll out some of the places. And you'll. And what's amazing, some of the ridiculous measures that some of these franchises try to save money with. So come back. More to go around the corner. Stay with us. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. This is Unrivaled. With Scott Mitchell and Alex Keery. With the access and insight on the teams you're passionate about. I love it, baby. Presented baby, baby, by G2G Bars. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome back. It's Unrivaled 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. Alex Keery, Scott Mitchell. Thanks for hanging out with us on a Thursday afternoon. Thursday, Thursday Ashpenut. We are uh, rolling along here on the program. I told you, do we have that, uh, do we have that uh, potential advertiser that we had? Somebody reached out to us, and they, they actually have a new, a new cottage industry, as uh, Scott has pointed out. And it's 100% based off of what Charles Barkley said about Salt Lake City. Take a listen. These people going to heaven up this way. Ain't nothing to do with this boy <laughs> city. We couldn't have said it any better ourselves, Sir Charles. Hi, I'm John Michelson, CEO of Boring <laughs> Airlines, the number one airline carrier flying in and out of the most boring <laughs> cities in America. Looking to get to Los Angeles? Not boring enough for us, but we'll get you to Bakersfield. If it's a boring city, we'll be there. Laredo, Texas, Manhattan, Kansas, Bismarck, North Dakota, Casper, Wyoming, Little Rock, Arkansas. These are some of the finest boring cities in America. 
and we at Boring Airlines are there and in 97 other boring cities in America. Take a seat in our somewhat comfortable cabins where we serve up the most boring snacks and boring drinks to get you somewhat safely to your next boring destination. Boring S Airlines, welcome aboard. You know, it's kind of interesting. We just mentioned a boring snack. Didn't we in the first uh, in the first segment? Cottage cheese, one of the most boring yes. snacks in America. It's not it's not tasty. Apparently on that airline, that's what you're gonna you know get. I was as thinking your snack. About, you know what I was thinking about with you can get snacks on a boring A city <laughs> or airline? Yeah, airline. The boring Going snacks boring are well, you, you can't city? serve cottage cheese on a on an airline. Can't well, by it. itself it's no, boring. No, no, no. Well, that would work out. But what yeah. I'm saying is is like the saltines. Yeah. Again, I like a saltine. Mm-hmm. It's pretty boring, though. No, yeah. what I was saying was... Especially if you get those little, like, round ones that go in the soup. Oh, the oyster yeah. crackers. Yeah. Why'd they call them oyster crackers? Nobody knew. Because they're shaped like oysters, Jeremy. That is the <laughs> dumbest explanation I've ever heard. <laughs> it's the simplest one. It is not the shape. They're like little... Hexagons, aren't You're they? You're looking at me like I know the answer. <laughs> I have no uh, idea what the answer is. And that shape is? Is it because... Have you seen an oyster before, Jeremy? Close enough. No. <laughs> Oysters look like uh, snot. <laughs> <laughs> or even just the shell of an oyster. Yeah. I'm kind of an oyster expert because they were they harvested oysters right by my parents' house up in Washington. I like oysters. Yeah. Most of the ones that come out of the... You know, if you go to, like, uh, Market Street, they come out of that, that Hood Canal there in Washington. Do they? Oh, yeah. A lot of them. Uh, and they're not shaped like a circle or an octagon. Jeremy, eat an oyster. Get cultured, would you? Jeez. What are some boring cities, though? Because basically I started thinking about it. The entirety of the pack, of the of the Big 12, I every think, city is yeah. probably considered boring. I would think so. Provo, uh, uh, Morgantown, Manhattan, Kansas. I mentioned that. Lubbock. Lubbock. See, again, these are... Fourth well, tier you have Austin. cities in Waco, Austin, my heaven. Austin. Yeah, I don't for, know a se- for one season. Well, Austin used Orlando, to be. Orlando, but you already said yeah. Orlando's boring. It actually is boring. <laughs> like, if you're not there for the tourist stuff, yeah. like, if you're just a local resident. If you're not going to Hogwarts. Like, and you go, okay, we're not going to an amusement park. What is there to do? Uh, I guess you could go to the okay. movie. Cincinnati? Hey, you go. Could Cincinnati actually Cincinnati. be maybe the most exciting city of out of all the Big 12 cities? No. Cincinnati, to me, is probably one of the most boring cities okay. in America. There you go. Procter & Gamble disagrees with you. What about, hold on, no, it's Procter Norman, and Gamble, Oklahoma? Procter & Gamble is just about, like, location. They're just in the middle. Yeah. Like, so they can take their products to the exciting cities. Uh, Larry, Kansas, a.k.a. Lawrence. His full name, Larry yeah. Kansas. Where that's got to be a boring. Okay, city. I watched this video. But at the SEC, it's not I, like they're any better. Think about all the boring cities they have in, well, there, in the SEC. I mean, Atlanta, Georgia is not boring. Yeah, uh, but Auburn. I will tell Auburn, you, Alabama, Gainesville, is not. Gainesville, Florida, well, Gainesville's could, got a lot going might on. be the most boring town. See, there that's is. what I'm saying. It's in the middle of nowhere. That's why their teams are so good because yes. nothing there. Omaha, Nebraska, in the Big Ten, not interesting. All the Big Ten cities, same yeah. thing. Basic. So this video showed the most boring states to visit in the United States of yes. America, and it was basically there was just a big circle around the central part. So yeah. Nebraska, Kansas, Kansas was the most boring state to actually go to in That's the country. Saying. So Utah's boring for Charles Barkley and Shaq. Yeah, but, but it's Utah as a state in terms of recreation and just stuff to do. It's people are it's coming unmatched. here constantly. Yes, it's unmatched. You can't. I mean, and they're all coming from California. The the only thing that California has is an ocean. 
Yeah. It's a big ocean, too. <laughs> I mean, it's a, the it's whole. It's all right there. It's isn't the it? whole coast of. Uh, <laughs> it's all right there, Scott, well, isn't it? Yes. Woo! It's just like one, one, one whole border of uh, California is an ocean. Mm-hmm. Can't beat that. Although if I'm gonna get, you know what if you I'm can't, gonna get, you can't if I'm gonna get picky San Francisco, you know, that that's kind of one of the most. That's cool. That's a cool. It's also the bridges, but and I the, don't like going to San Francisco now. Hate it. It's gross. But I will say this, and I'll, if I'm gonna get picky about oceans, your people over in the Atlantic coast, they have the ocean that people want to yeah. be in. The Pacific Ocean is not fun to get in if you're on the if you're on the California coast. That is cold as heck. And listen, yeah. you don't people in Washington, they do not get in the water. They will no. die in 20 minutes. Or or Oregon. No. And California's not that much better. All right. I'm glad we had this discussion, Scott. I'm just saying we're not this boring as you think. All right, everybody? But we do have a new airline here, apparently. You get that, uh, the, the, well, what's it flies out of Provo. Yeah. <laughs> what's the, what's the blue, Breezy and, uh, Breezy. JetBlue, same guy. And, and there's Breezy and JetBlue, and, same guy. And Spirit? Yeah. Spirit and Frontier. They, they all do sound like a little off. They all sound like a little off brand, and I would fly any of them if it's just a little bit toughness, cheaper. sacrifice, <laughs> and passion. Oh, those are good airlines. Yes. What's your airline toughness? It's our sister airlines. Uh, sacrifice. See, I would be a little, <laughs> a little bit like if sacrifice was my airline. I'd be a little. I'd be. I'd be a little nervous if that toughness was a name. Toughness, I'd fly. Toughness, I'd fly. Yeah, Sac- but the seats are really uncomfortable. Yeah, sacrifice was like. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna fly with just one engine today. We yeah. gotta sacrifice the other one. And passion makes it sound like they're like we don't we don't do well, but man, we're excited about being yeah. here. We have a one hour flight to Las Vegas, but we have to stop in like Cedar City <laughs> to refuel. Yeah, and then again in uh, and then again in Mesquite, and then it yeah. and then we'll get to Tonopah. <laughs> Jeez, all right, but we got some passion, man. We just love every place we go. Uh, Scott, the uh, I'm going to get your vibe on this thing because the NFL has done this player uh, survey. Yes, that talks about the different working conditions. I love the idea yeah. of working conditions in an NFL <laughs> facility. But here we are. They were pretty uh, poopy when I played. <laughs> now, seriously, I they, was but, like but, so. I was so. I got drafted. I showed up the first day. I go. This is an NFL facility. The you Dolphins have to, didn't have good facilities. Oh, it was so they. they it was a college. Yeah, because it was camp. And it, no, that's where the facility was tw- oh. year round. Okay, it had a tin roof. It had um, the the lockers were made out of um, chain link. What and 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 uh, and two by fours that they painted white. Nice. Those were the lockers. How? What do you and mean? And it was roach link? infested. That <laughs> was Florida. So it was like a screen. Yeah. Okay. Like basically, screen. The, the lockers didn't have like. A back to them, or otherwise okay. they would you'd, you'd have like they had like four showers that the water tr- trickled out of. Oh boy! The weight room was outside. It had artificial turf, and all the weights were rusted out because of the humidity. Yeah, but rust uh, adds a few more. Like you're lifting, you're actually lifting more weight. Well, right? we, probably less. <laughs> I guess it'd be oxidized. I go. I had a better. Lo- I had a better weight room in high school than the pros. I, it was the most disappointing okay. thing. But did you think about the, it and go, these are terrible working conditions? They, yes. You did? But they were awful. They were like they were so, so bad that they had they actually had um they had the old wood paneling that w- was on the walls and all of the rooms were separated by these like a little accordion 
doors, you oh know. That, and so they br- they'd have one big room, and then as soon as they had the team Dude, meeting over, they broke it down into like three separate okay. little rooms. You're describing this, and I can smell it. That's not a good thing. Oh no, it was it was foul. <laughs> I can smell this place. So if we we would go into a meeting, and of course you weigh in on Thursday, uh-huh. and we left the Dunkin' Donuts in a locker just to see. No, we didn't realize. Oh, you didn't know. Okay, we got out of the meeting, and the donuts were like covered in, in ants. Oh, I think you say roaches. No, there. No, you had to look in your shoes before you put them on and make sure there weren't roaches. <laughs> okay, this is your, like what my dad used cleats. to do too. You know, when I'd go to school, we didn't have all the fancy stuff. You now guys our football didn't. field, the actual fields, amazing, the best. That's because it was Florida. No, it was uh, because of the Super Bowl. So when uh, they had, so the, they right. wanted to have really, really good fields for the teams to actually practice. practice on. So we had that's amazing fields. Awesome. So yeah. the players' association, thirteen hundred players graded their different, uh, their different facilities so i'm gonna give you the worst you ready for this yeah um the worst are now this isn't actually okay but just take this because I'm just give them to me the jacksonville jaguars number okay. 28 not surprising out of 32 uh players families uh care was important and the players complained about the lack of family room and the lack of uh being able to help the family out to get tickets and the players reported incidents of wives nursing babies on the floor of public of public restrooms. That's not a good look. No. Uh, the Jaguars are set up on a new practice facility this year, and they know that uh, Shad Khan is uh, going to make those upgrades. Yeah. Number 29 out of 32 is the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, then, you've told me all I need to know. You don't need amazing facilities to win the Super Bowl. Oh. Boom. 56% keeps, of the players. It keeps you tough and on edge. And Here's the crazy thing. You don't the want players, a nice place for the players. Right. You want them out on the field. The players said outdated facilities. Okay. 56% of the players, this is, they're on the team this year. They won Super Bowl 57. They said 56% of the players felt like the owner, Clark Hunt, would actually be willing to invest in, uh, in the team. Less or just about, over about half the half team. of them thought that he would. Yeah, the rest were like, nah, yeah. that guy's a cheap wad. Yeah. The Chargers, number 30. Uh-huh. Uh, now, they're trying to figure things out because they don't have a practice facility yet. <laughs> they're a professional team. <laughs> yeah. So they fired the head trainer in October, and they were ranked last in their training room category. Yeah. Now, this is the same training. See, see the, athletic, it the doctor who hit well, the— Well, athletic trainers in the NFL. I mean, when I first got to the NFL, the trainer was a shaky dude. <laughs> he was he was training. The he athletic was trainer things. was not so athletic. He was he, he was, was he was, tra- he was providing things. The that whole wasn't training. the whole focus was how quickly do we get you back on the field? Yeah, there was no um, what's in your best interest, and the players were the same way. It's how do I get back on the field? So this was probably a guy back in your day who was handing people opiates. And I can almost guarantee you, all these old facilities, these bad facilities, are all ranked by the teams that are owned by owners that. This Aren't is all new. that this is all they have. Mm-hmm. Oh, the family. It's a family owned business. I got it. Yeah. Um, the lowest the owner with the lowest faith of players right now with, with willingness to invest and overall grading is the Cardinals owner, Michael Bidwell. Yeah. See, it's it's that it's that same old yeah. just to your point, right? Yep. Uh, the Cardinals have the worst ranked weight room in the NFL. So it's not the, the Dolphins apparently upgraded. Oh, big time. Um, they well, now, also, after my second year, how about an amazing this? facility. They also deduct dinner from the player's paycheck. <laughs> it's so tacky. <laughs> but now, at the same time, if your paycheck is $400,000 for the week and it takes $28 off of your, off your paycheck, yeah. like... 
But Come what on. they look at it is it takes $28 out of my bottom line. Sure. So the Cardinals got an F in eight categories, but received high marks for their strength coaches, their training staff, and their team travel. The dead last ranked team, any guesses? Cincinnati Bengals. The Washington Commanders. Oh, now that makes, really? Yes, because the NFL oh. owners that are graded in all of this, Dan Snyder, uh, dead last on the ranking. Yeah, I don't think any player would go, oh, I have confidence in this guy. Uh, the now, players did want more locker room space and improvement in the uh, warm water and the showers don't drain. <laughs> See, the thing, the thing that happens is all of these guys come from colleges now that have these insane hundred million dollar facilities where they have their own pod and they're, you know, and yeah, they have their this? own barber shop and they have all this stuff. How about this? They are one of six teams that require young players to still have roommates on the road. Twenty oh. Twenty six teams, you don't have to have a roommate on the road. That's a that's a that's big an upgrade from actually. when you were on yeah. play, right? You had to have so many years. Right. When did it, so, when did yeah. it change over for you? When did you be when were you able to travel in your own row? Uh, on the plane, like in first class like or something. Fifth year in the NFL. And then when did you – so that's when you got About your own room year. too? Yeah. Hmm. Now, a lot of guys would would get their own room, but the team would make them pay for it. What? Yeah. Man. Yeah. Best-ranked teams, though, Cowboys 5, Texans 4, Jeez. Uh, Raiders 3, hmm. Dolphins 2, Ooh. new practice facility, opened yeah. last offseason, graded near the top. And their coaching staff, trainers, strength coaches, all there at the top, plus the food and the family situation See, is good. When free agency came, these teams had to really step up their game. Because they knew they, they most, had to keep guys. Most facilities were garbage. I mean, the facility was just so so irrelevant. And you had more guys staying in, in, the, in the towns because back in the day, everyone had to go to work in the offseason and get their, do their offseason job. And, and so they weren't at the facility. A lot of guys, it's a, it's a huge thing now where they're training in those facilities year-round. The number one team in the NFL, by far, didn't receive anything less than an A-minus in any of the categories. A's in every category, including four A-pluses, and only one A-minus were your Minnesota Vikings. That that surprised me a little bit. New coach Kevin O'Connell replaced mm. Mike Zimmer, and their head training, head training staff uh, was replaced during that, too. And that whole changeover... And their commitment to the facilities, and I guess it's just top notch, top notch in the league. Hmm. The Minnesota Vikings—they're also just barely not being taken seriously, right? Like, right. So facilities, all those things. Yeah, but if you try to convince someone to go to Minneapolis, you got—you have to really. They—that's when—that's their version. Their facilities are the new version of showing up and having swag, yeah. right? For the play for to commit guys. Well, we think we're suffering through a long winter. Yeah, college guys are getting better facilities than the NFL guys. Yeah. But all those teams, number one, Minnesota, number two, Miami, number three, Vegas, and number four, the Houston Texans, and even the f- number five, Cowboys, none of those teams are competing. Yeah, clearly it doesn't you know, mean – Translate that, into wins. No. Maybe that's what the owners say, too. I'll give you yeah. a brand-new place. You guys are still aren't going to win. Yeah. All right. We'll come back. More to go. Uh, when we return, we have our what are the odds. Uh, if you're looking for the new exterior of your home to look amazing, you want RGS Exteriors to give you that look. Tim Brown and his uh, team standing by. James Hardy siding, stucco brick vinyl. Give yourself that look and treat yourself not to keep up with the Joneses, but to be the Joneses. 801-280-3110. That's 801-280-3110. More to go right now. Stay with us. 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. What are the odds? Okay, sir. The bet is to you. All in, baby. You'll know exactly. Um, more or less.
What's going to happen? This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. All right, welcome back, everybody. Here's how What Are the Odds works. It's unrivaled, by the way. Alex Keery, Scott Mitchell. Ready to go here, Scott? Yeah, I'm just... I'm just hanging out. <laughs> sweating, you know, you do your introduction stuff hey, and get done just, with that. And I'm sweating. I'll just pop right I'm in. Sweating over here. What Are the Odds goes like this. I give you a scenario. You give me a 0 to 100% chance that thing will or will not happen. And then... Uh, if you're smart enough, you can give me a jersey number that goes along with that. Men, Reem Medical is Utah's only physician on an operated wellness clinic offering ED treatments that are discreet, non-invasive, and customized for your needs. Reem Medical, renew, restore, reclaim. Visit remedical.com today. Okay, Scott, the Jazz heading on a uh, – I saw the pictures of these guys. I was thinking about the facilities discussion we were just having. I think the Jazz are – if the NFL – or if the NBA did this, I'd be curious to see where the Jazz are because they're – Practice facilities are awesome, but maybe the players think something different. But they've made a lot of different changes there. They have a lot of, like, offices there on site, training there on site. Um, And I'm watching the guys get onto the plane because they're like, hey, we're hitting the road. You know, it's kind of them tweeting that out, the the Jazz. And they had them kind of all walking onto the onto the plane. You see Larry getting on there. Walker has a, a jug of water. You know, it's just like this guy, you know, he's got his routine. You know, he's got his stuff. They all have a very specific yeah. thing that they do. And all of us do something. I bet, they're, uh, I bet they have music, too. Oh, a lot of the guys they all have had their headphones, headphones on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Walker probably didn't because he's like, hi, I just want to say hi to everybody. <laughs> like, But Taylor Horton Tucker. I'm Walker Kessler. I'm a rookie of the month in the NBA. <laughs> I play for the Utah Jazz. Yeah, once you win the w- rookie of the month, though, that's the kind of stuff where you go, what did I do right this month? Okay, I drank, all the, I drank the jugs of water like I've been doing since college. I'm sticking with that. Taylor Horton Tucker, they, he was getting. It looked like he had this very special drink, like a, you know, like a high end smoothie looking thing. Sure, like a darkish dark purple juice of some sort, and and it wasn't. And I thought, I wonder where he got that, and where he got it was from the facility because it had a had a sticker across it, and it said Taylor Horton Tucker had whatever it was on there, and it had the Jazz logo. And I thought that came straight from the facility. See, they probably have a, a, a nutrition routine for when they travel. Thousand percent. Like and how to minimize, like, you know. Give us your give us the stuff and yes. all those types. Of and things. give us the stuff that you guys want on the way out the door, and you're going to have it when you walk out. Or we'll what? have it for you at the place. You want to know what they did for us? What sandwiches? They had all the airplane food you used to have on. Like, yeah, yeah, we. It was really weird. The Miami Dolphins we used to have these cheeseburgers. And they'd be wrapped in tinfoil, yeah. and they would be on your seat when you got on the plane on seat. after the game, and they were amazing. Oh, they were good. They looked disgusting, but, but like, they were amazing. Is it the kind of thing? But it, it's like, so it's giant candy bar, like four-pack Reese's peanut butter wow. cups, and the big giant, everything was big giant. Everything. None of it was good for you. <laughs> None of it was. Think of all the bats in that. Like, if you want Cheez-Its, they had all they that had. stuff. So nothing. There was nothing nutritious on those. When you say ever. those cheeseburgers tasted really good on the NFL plane, you were really it, hungry. I was going to say yeah. it's like when you go skiing yeah. and you go, "I've never had chili so good." Right. These these places, by the way, that these ski yeah. resorts, yeah. when they sell you a fourteen dollar bowl of chicken soup, they go, "These people have no freaking clue what's good. They're just wasted after a yeah. day of skiing, and yeah. anything tastes good." Yeah, it was so a lot like that. That was you guys. Yeah, because I've done the cheeseburger at Maverick that's in the tin foil, and that's good too. Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
So what are the odds that the Jazz go 3-3 three and three on this uh, road trip that's going to take six games? And it starts off with a double dipper here in Oklahoma City on Friday. Who's playing? Is Sexton playing? Question. Is Clarkson playing? You saw Taylor Horton Tucker had a smoothie. Is Dick coaching? <laughs> it's going to be Will Hardy still. I'm going to say, you know what, I, I, I'm starting to have very, very low expectations of this Jazz team, which means they're actually high expectations. Mm-hmm. They're low expectations to win, high expectations for a better draft pick. Uh, so it just depends on how you look at it. I'm going to say, are they going to go 3-3 three and three on this road trip? Uh, the chances of that are, you know, we talked about Emmett Smith. Uh, mm. I'll go with a 22% chance Emmett Smith. So you think it's a it's very low that they're going 3-3. Three and three. Meaning that they'll lose more, you're saying? I don't know. You're going thunder, thunder. It didn't say... That just that was just average. Right. I don't know. They could win more. Oh, you're they saying could, they could be winning more? Come on. I just think I think it's highly unlikely they'll go three and three. Thunder, thunder. What do you mean they'll win more? Why not? Um, come on. They go thunder, thunder. Mavs. Then they hit the road for some East Coast, uh, some sweet East Coast action. Orlando, Charlotte, Magic, Hornets, Heat. Yeah. Okay, to wrap things up before they come back to the Celtics, Kings, I mean, Mad, the Magic Celtics, the- Kings, Trailblazers, Bucks, all at home. That's not a great homestand either. So if they if they split with OKC and they beat the uh, Magic and the and the Hornets, mm-hmm. which they should, so you those think are two really two bad teams. Four, two and four. Well, that's three and three. Oh, that is okay. I'm going to say that they're actually going to go about. I'm going to say they're going to go two and eight in the next ten. So they got six on the road, four at home. I bet this team. Well, the four at home are going to be some tough games. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Celtics, Kings, Trailblazers, Bucks. Those are your four that you come back home for before yeah. you go back on the road and play the Kings again. And it's just Murder's Row after that. Suns, Celtics again uh, at their place. Uh, Nets at their place. Nets are mm-hmm. like three or something in the East. Can you believe it though? The season's almost freaking over. I yeah. started to go through this. We're we're getting down there, man. We got a li- uh, about a month left in the season. What are the odds that the Bears end up trading their number one overall pick? I don't know what for, but maybe they end up getting. Because don't you want the number one overall pick, or do you feel like this draft is no good? Because they were going to take their defense. They were going to take this uh, Jalen Carter guy out of uh, out of out of Georgia. It's looking less like that. Although I still think that. Um, he's going to get charged. I mean, he already did get charged, and then he's going to yeah. be back, and then he's going. I think guys are still going to draft a dude, even with that kind of baggage. That's uh, just me, though. Yeah, it's it's if they feel that that pick is you know a number you know it's because they if the number one pick in the draft isn't a quarterback, yeah, then they'll they'll pick. Let's take a break here. We'll come back, and when we do, Tyler Drake from ArizonaSports.com is going to dip in. He covers the Arizona Cardinals. He also uh, does their draft coverage down there for our sister station, Arizona Sports, down in Arizona. He's going to talk a little bit about that number three overall pick plus what the draft is looking like uh, so far. And also, might as well ask him about how bad the uh, Cardinals facilities were on that survey. (laughs) Since we got him, stay with us. 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. Let's lock in. This is Unrivaled. Yes! Yes! The teams you live for. The sports you love. With Scott Mitchell and Alex Keurig, presented by G2G Bars on 97.5 B KSL Sports Zone. 
All right, everybody, welcome back. It's Unrivaled, 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. Alex Curie, Scott Mitchell. Thanks for being with us on the program. Uh, the program, Pilgrim, we're just plowing along here and just, uh, my heavens, the stuff that the stuff that the, that these teams, I'm, I'm diving into more of these NFL, this NFL uh, survey they did with the 1,300 teams with the, or the 1,300 players and the players association kind of asking them what they're, what they'd like to see improved. It's pretty wild. The you stuff have, that you, even in 2023, know, these players you have to take, you have to take some of it with a grain of salt. Cause you guys are just some disgruntled the, NFL guys. No, they're prima donna. Ah. Come on. They, they, yes, they do not see the world in <laughs> through real eyes. They There's don't some defensive lineman yeah. out of Iowa state. He's like, I like the sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't care. I, I, I thought that the sodas, I thought the Shasta was good on the planes. <laughs> Uh, joining us right now on the program, Tyler Drake out of ArizonaSports.com, our sister station, brother station. We've never known how to do this. It's part have, of the family. Have we figured out the what your what the gender pronouns are of the station yet, Tyler, how we refer to you guys? <laughs> uh, thanks for having me on, guys. I'd probably just say uh, maybe sibling station. Sibling? sibling. <laughs> you know what? I love it. It's 2023 sibling so, station. So who's the middle child? That's all <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> I think we're some of the older ones here. This yeah. is like some of the older ones. So, uh, Tyler, the... The Arizona Cardinals, by the way, if we're, if, we're, if we're still talking about the player survey, they are one of the uh, less pleased, I guess, side of things with the players. They didn't like some of the facilities and some of the other things that were on that survey. What on earth is uh, is this ownership doing with this team that people are still a little bit disgruntled on how things are run there down in Arizona? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, pretty, uh, pretty, I mean, jarring from what the report card said, obviously – like you guys said earlier, you got to take it with a little bit of a grain of salt. Some of those things, you never know how many people from the Cardinals actually sent those in and so on and so on. If they were disgruntled or not, knew they were going to leave. So got to take it with a grain of salt. But also, yeah, I mean, some of those things were pretty uh, pretty glaring. I mean, I think for me, the biggest one probably was the fact that they paid for the food uh, at the facility. I think that one stuck out the most to me just because that seems like that probably really shouldn't be happening. But, yeah, I mean – a lot of a lot of eye-opening things for not only them, but for I mean the Commanders. I think we all knew that that was going to kind of go that way, but for a couple other teams too, like the Bengals. Uh, yeah, um, you know it, it just smells of cheap. That that you know when you hear that you just go, come on. You've it's always a, talked about when you play for the yeah, Bengals how it, cheap they were. No, it, and, it, and and the stories were true. Just so you know, it was like. You literally had to fight for a second pair of socks. <laughs> I mean, it was just like, you know, you had to sign some kind of waiver or, or like, you know, put it on credit or put it on my tab or, you know, you had to fill out a requisition form for, you know, just to get get an extra towel. But, yeah, it, you know, and, it, and it's, it's unfortunate it's that way because, you know, Phoenix is such a great sports town and there's so many good things going on and the, the Cardinals just seem to find a way to get in their own way and – this whole situation with uh, Kyler Murray, and you just feel like, you know, what what's going on there? What what's what's real? Because from the outside, it looks like is he a guy his teammates like? Is he is he aloof from the the other players? Who is Kyler Murray, and what what is that what is that situation? Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, from the from the outside looking in, you can definitely see that. But you know, for me, talking with some of the players, you know, they really do have his back. Obviously, you've got to take that with a grain of salt because they're on his team, and of course, you don't want to dog a teammate like that. But 
it sounds like, I mean, even Kelvin Beecham last year, he was a huge proponent for, uh, he was a huge guy backing Tyler uh, last offseason. And I think now it's just the fact of when is he going to play and, and how long is this rehab really going to take for him? And is he going to be the same guy when he comes back? And, uh, you know, this year, this offseason was a lot of, is he going to be rehabbing at the Cardinals facility as opposed to maybe back in Texas? And I think we're seeing that now as he's sticking around and doing it here. So it's just, it's, it, I think it's really with this new regime, I think it's a kind of a wait and see and see what happens with him right now and, and go from there. But from the early interactions that Gannon's had, Jonathan Gannon's had with them, you know, it, it seems like they're on the same page. They want to get going. And, I mean, obviously after last season, you definitely want to turn the page and start on the right foot. So definitely going to be something to watch. Uh, interested to see who's going to be playing alongside him. That's, that's really the big one for me right now, which is wide receiver, offensive line, all of those. When you look at the number three overall pick that the Cardinals own and uh, their GM, Monty Fort not really uh, giving up much info because you wouldn't because the draft is coming up and you got to play those uh, those cards close. What is the reality of what needs to get done right now? Is it a defensive lineman? Is it them trying to figure out uh, you know other pieces that could support Kyler Murray? What's that number three pick going to be? Uh, in your opinion, like what has to happen? Yeah, you know, for me, I think if Will Anderson's there, I think you got to go that way. I think adding a guy of that stature, that kind of versatility will go a long way in Jonathan Gannon's defense or, or, or I guess, team, I should say. I mean, he's, he's talked about versatility as one of his four pillars to really build the foundation of the Cardinals on. So, uh, you know, if Will's there, I think that's a no-brainer. You know, Jalen Carter was in that mix, but I think with everything that's going on with him, with just the, the arrest warrant and – Everything that is along those lines, I don't think he's going to be the guy now just because of the Cardinals' own issues with speeding and, and you know, driving a vehicle not the way you should be. Uh, but, yeah, outside of that, I think if it's not Will, I think you trade down and you get some assets. Uh, I think for the main – I mean, for the most part, it's got to be – got to build the team from the line of scrimmage out. And so you add Will, try to re-sign Zach Allen, that's too – really really solid players right there to build around and then offensively you really got to start building that line because you bring Kyler Murray back you better have somebody that's going to block for him because after what we saw last year there's definitely some need there just on refilling especially at the guard spots and at center. Uh, What have you noticed from uh, the new head coach Jonathan Gannon and just uh, what his whole era looks like Uh, what, what what's the sense you have for him? Uh, yeah, so the dude just has a ton of energy. I, I think it's a complete opposite of what Cliff was. Uh, you know, Cliff came in at 3 a.m. and kind of had that same demeanor throughout the day. And Jonathan Gannon sounds like he's coming in about the same time, but he's ready to go. He's trying to get guys around him juiced up. I mean, he brought in uh, defensive coordinator Nick Rollis for his press conference and came in clapping and hooting and hollering and saying happy Wednesday, and that would have never happened with the old regime. And then with Drew Petzing, uh, the offensive coordinator, he came in and, and apologized to everybody for being late and that they got to get on their stuff. And so you can definitely see the, the energies there. There's a, a whole different type of, I guess, culture being built. And now it's really just can that translate to on the field because – you can say everything right, but if it doesn't translate on the field, you know, it's it's a business at the end of the day. Uh, as we look at kind of the whole overall draft and, and what this class is, sometimes we look at, at classes and go, yeah, this is a great quarterback class or this is a great wide receiver class. What is heavy this year that, that people kind of can't miss on that's uh, 
in what's thin in terms of a, of a position where guys could end up moving up and teams might get caught with their pants down just taking guys early because there aren't a lot of pickings at different positions. Yeah, I think, you know, I think for all the talk to Anderson and, and you know, Tyree Wilson are getting, I think there's there's a couple more guys, especially from what we're seeing with these uh, combine numbers and these measurements and the 40-yard dashes. I mean, there's some guys that could move <laughs> move people. So uh, I think that's a pretty deep area. I mean, obviously there's tiers, but I think after you get through Anderson and, and Wilson, I think that really kind of gets a bigger pool there. And then I think for me, you know, just from a Cardinal standpoint, I just don't think there's any solid offensive linemen that are really, you know, worth going and getting right now. I think from a draft standpoint, they can probably wait around and get some guys wait around to maybe see if they they work out. But they also have two guys that are coming off of, uh, you know, they got Lasita Smith last year who showed some flashes, and then they've got Marquise Hayes who could potentially, uh, he didn't play last year, so he's another guy to keep an eye on. So it's going to be really interesting, with I think, just with the line of scrimmage for, for this draft. Obviously, the quarterbacks up top, I think, are, are those guys with Stroud, Levis, Young, I th- and maybe even Richardson. And then from there, yeah, I, I think it kind of just goes into the line of scrimmage more than anything. Uh, you, you, you talked about the energy of, of Jonathan Gannon, and uh, the, you look at the Philadelphia Eagles where you know they were kind of uh, struggling a few years ago, and, and they get to the Super Bowl, but they have a lot of young excited, similar age type of coaches. And it looks like uh, Jonathan Gannon kind of had that same strategy. Uh, is there any anything to kind of following that Philadelphia Eagles model? Yeah, yeah. That's that's one of the things that I noticed right away is it seems like, yeah, they're trying to really harness that young energy while also bringing in some guys that are older. You know, Jeff Rogers, they're retaining the special teams coordinator, assistant to the head, or assistant head coach. Uh, he's 44. I think there's a couple other guys in their 40s, but for the most part, there's a lot of 30-year-olds, and uh, I, it's the energy is definitely there. And, and yeah, like I mentioned before, it's just really going to determine. I mean, what can they put on the field at the end of the day? You can be as raw, raw as you want, but if you can't put something out there that's going to get W's or at least move the needle in the way to get to that point, then there's there's some issues there. Well, Sirianni, when he got hired, he talked about systems. Mm. Get, we're going to put a lot of systems together and a lot of people, and, and we're going to get some smart players. Smart people, smart players, so systems. That, that's all you got to do. Just get some systems in yeah. place down well, there. Listen, get some smart people. They, uh, I'm looking at the la- that the laundry list of guys who've been uh, replaced and uh, new guys who've walked into the building. And obviously it happens with a changeover in a, it, it, with, a, with a new coach and everything. But, man, I mean – just getting everybody back on the same page again, that takes so much. It helps to be the, to have the third pick in the draft, but there is so much work that has to be done for this Cardinals team to be competing in that NFC West. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There really is. I mean, it starts with the coaching staff getting on the same page, getting the personnel on the same page, and then making it all work to get W's. I mean, that's what what the business is at the end of the day. And and really, it's yeah, it's it's there's just a lot of things they've got to check off the list. And I, I, you know, honestly, with Kyler Murray's status, this is, in my opinion, is more of a wash season than anything. I mean, you got you just have to show improvement. I don't think you can really say, hey, let's make the goal for the playoffs because I think that's really out of the question right now. Unless they're really doing a full overhaul and really bringing in guys that are going to impact right away. And who knows? Maybe there's a Detroit Lions kind of trajectory of not at the playoffs but getting really close. But it just—it seems like this is going to be one of those years where it's, hey, just show some legit improvement, 
and let's see if we can get back to the playoffs the following season. What is the, play the, with one butt cheek and three three fingers. Yeah, that's all, you need. that's all you that's need. That's we learned from Dan Campbell. Play right? gritty. Uh, what is the status of uh, what's the status of Kyler Murray though the ACL or uh, you know I mean that injury is a, is a lot to deal with and if you're a brand new coach you want to get your guy going but of course you got to wait that timeline the exact timeline for this guy so what is the timeline for Kyler, Mur- Kyler Murray's return and and what's like a legitimate time frame we could see him back on the field yeah you know we haven't really gotten one we've asked uh, Jonathan Gannon we've asked Monty Austin for it uh, and, they, and they're just kind of letting him heal up they didn't want to put any pressure on putting a timeline so really it's just kind of pro it's just it's he's just doing it and uh, you know Gannon did uh, say that he was right on schedule uh, Michael Bidwell I believe said the same thing on a podcast recently but yeah it's it seems like he's right on schedule I you know from what I've heard, it's anywhere from he could be back at the middle of the season. He could pause if it's really if he really turns on the Jets and gets it together and heals up fast. Maybe it's a couple weeks in, but I, you know, I think they're going to be careful with them. You know, the last regime didn't even have him play preseason games, or if they did, it was very very minimal. So I can definitely see that. I mean, obviously, I don't think he's going to be ready by preseason, but I think they're really going to be careful with them. And, and like I said earlier, it's, it's really a walk season, so. If you're going to throw him out there, you better make sure he's 100% because there's a lot of money tied up to him, and you really have to build that team around him. So if you lose him again, that's that's not good for anybody. Yeah, his legs are such a big part of what he does, so he's, he's got to be 100% there. What, what's the fan base like? I'm, you know, I, I it felt like Cliff Kingsbury was a good hire, and the team seemed to be headed in the right direction, and then it's almost like it just fell off a cliff. What what happened there? And, and, and I see what you did there. Uh, by the way, I don't really appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just, yeah, you know, it just happens. Like I don't know, it's just a natural thing that happens. But you know, we'll go with it. And and so what what was you know what what happened there? And you know, are the fan base is like, man, this is just this is just another Cardinals thing, another Bidwell thing. You know, we just keep hiring a new coach. What where is the fan base? Yeah, you know, I think they're they're they were ready for a change, definitely with Cliff. Uh, you know, halfway through 2021, they were on top of the world, and then came crashing down and never really got back to it. I think a couple big reasons could not adapt to not having DeAndre Hopkins on the field, could not adapt and and change up the game plan on a weekly basis to keep uh, you know opposing defenses uh, honest. So a lot there, and I think that's really going to come down to everyone's focused, you know, obviously Gannon's defensive-minded, so that's going to put all the focus on Drew Petzing to really come out the gate and have a plan for this offense to take that next step because that was supposed to be their bread and butter last year, and really the defense was better than the offense last year. I mean, the offense was had so much more money put into it but did not show up and was just atrocious. It really was. And so it's really got to be a turnaround, and, and who knows? Maybe Gannon wants to take more of a defensive mindset to it. And maybe that'll help. But I think at the end of the day, you're really going to have to be watching Drew Petzing, how the offense works. And, and I think if you don't see a lot of improvement right away, it's, it's going to be kind of the same thing of, hey, what the heck's going on here? Why do we not have a guy that can you know, push Kyler to that next level or just the offense in general to the next level with him not on the team? Uh, as we look at this thing, uh, we're, we're trying to figure out exactly what this draft is, is going to give us. And who knows, every year it becomes uh, very different. Tyler Drake, ArizonaSports.com, uh, joins us, covers the Cardinals and their draft situation down there. And obviously what they're dealing with, the changeover of a full coaching staff. Uh, when you see all of what's across the board, 
what are the best quarterbacks that are there that that definitely are going to change teams uh, versus guys that could be, I don't know, the next Zach Wilson? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think for me it's probably Young and, and Stroud are two guys that, you know, I've kind of looked at a little bit closely, and those, I think, I, obviously the Bryce Young has the uh, the height kind of questions there, and, you know, honestly a lot of people have kind of compared that to Kyler Murray's situation, so that's something interesting. But, you know, those two guys really stand out for me, and I think Anthony Richardson's really shooting up that, that board too. So uh, very interested to see how it all works out because it might – who knows? I think this draft, we're, we're in for a pretty wild one if, you know, the trades start popping off because there's going to be a lot of movement for those first couple picks, especially if quarterbacks are just – that's all that are – those are all that are going off the board at that point. What was the real story between with uh, with the Kyler Wur- uh, Murray clause in his contract of uh, what he had to he had to work out so much or they he took had it to, out he Scott. had to study he so to much. Study. What, what's the what's the real scoop behind that? Yeah, I think it was exactly that they they put a clause in for him to you know make sure he dedicated his time to the film to tape to to being a football player and and you know getting the ins and outs of what the tape brings. And I think it was really quick. They took it out and realized, hey, that's probably not the best idea. That's going to bring more uh, negativity than anything. So that's really what it was. I, from from what I from what everything that I got, everything that I heard, everything that I saw, that's really what it came down to. They put it in there. They took it out right away after it got out. But were, were they questioning him? Did they feel like he wasn't de- dedicated? I mean, I, I've never, uh, like, I don't know that I've ever heard that you that a team would even put that in. I mean, I hear teams yeah, I mean, putting like a weight clause and certain things in contracts, but but not a work hard clause or watch film it, clause. Yeah, it definitely makes you wonder. Definitely makes you wonder with that. And and I mean, you don't put it in there unless you have some kind of feeling like that, in my opinion. So definitely could see that. And I think it just really. I think there's a lot of pressure on Kyler to really turn the narrative around and come back from this injury and really clean slate everything. But, yeah, I mean, if you're going to put a clause in like that, there's probably something to it. All right, Tyler Drake joining us uh, here on the program, uh, ArizonaSports.com, where you can read his byline, get uh, all the updates uh, for you Cardinals fans out there and anybody who's really interested in some of the uh, ins and outs of the crazy draft that is up uh, upcoming. And, of course, the whole Jalen Carter thing just adds to another layer of this weird draft class and, and then adds more to – what team is going to take a, a gamble on a guy like that? And, uh, man, it's just insane stuff. Tyler, thanks for hanging out with us, man. We'd love to chat with you again. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, guys. There you go. Tyler Drake. From our sibling station. Did we get that right? Sibling station, Jeremy? Okay. Is there a sibling rivalry? No, no. No, no we like these guys. But we're way better. <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> oh. Now, if anybody else tries to talk tra- trash about them, we'll come after them because they're a sibling station. But yeah, if they if it's if it's who needs to go into the shower first, it's always us. Where the sibling needs to go in the shower first. We'll take the break here. Should we take a break? Yeah, Jeremy, is it time for a break? Okay, yeah, I think so. We'll come back. Uh, we have more to go around the corner. We have uh, our discussions upcoming about the Pac-12. Some predictions that are uh, upcoming. We want to be able to roll out some of the things that we think uh, could happen when it comes to. This uh, the possibility of some teams leaving, sticking around, some media rights expansion, all of that coming up. Uh, by the way, the 
front end of our show, always brought to you by G2G Bars. All natural ingredients, no preservatives, plenty of protein. G2G Bars, perfect for anybody who needs that quick, tasty, nutritious boost. More to go. Stay with us. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. This is Unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Keery. With the access and insight on the teams you're passionate about. I love it, baby. Presented by G2G Bars. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Everybody, welcome back. It's Unrivaled. It's 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone, etc., etc. So, I just heard, like, can we play that? Uh, can we play that Chris Dunn quote again? Because I'm going to get your vibe on uh, on this, Scott. This is what Chris Dunn just said for our Jazz at 30 update about his kind of what his path has been and what he credits a lot of what he's uh, able to accomplish right now, being with the, with the big club. You know, I've been doing a lot of work since I've been in the league. You know, I watch a lot of film, not just on myself, but, a, you know, a bunch of guys, you know, just to try to see, you know, what they see on the court. I feel like that helped me out. And then just getting some game reps in the G League. The G League actually really helped me in the sense of they play the same kind of pace, the same kind of style, and allow me to find my pace, allow me to find my rhythm and understand the way defense is set up in the league and, you know, how I can attack it and how I can get guys involved. And, you know, uh, I feel like good things are going to come. So... My thought about that is I was like, okay, Chris Dunn, he's coming in. And the energy he's brought has been awesome. The minutes that he's been putting in have all been, like, he takes advantage of the minutes that he gets. He's getting those 12, 15 minutes, and he's getting 11, 13, 16 points. And that's how you earn your way into the league. And then when he says, yeah, I've been studying a lot of film, I'm like, okay, you and everybody else gets in the league and they study film. No, they don't. And that's what I was like. I was like, there's no way that everybody just sits around and doesn't study there's film. A, there's this is a what lot their of guys, job is. No, nah, there's a lot of guys that don't study film. Why on earth? Well, well they How don't on study, earth could you get away with that? Well, it's the guys that don't make it that, that get, don't do it. Because there's a lack of respect for the the how good people are and how hard it is to play and, and understanding that you've got to find an edge. You've got to find – Chris Dunn is an amazing athlete. So is everyone else on the court. I mean – there's nothing special about him uh, unless he really understands the game and, and he can make the game slow down and he can manipulate the game to his advantage and find out where the weaknesses are and find out how to how to strategically attack uh, teams and players and uh, just the nuances of what, what happens. I mean, I just happened to be watching uh, Donovan Mitchell play last night against the Celtics. And I'm like, wow, you know, he has just really gotten so much better uh, from the time he was a rookie and understanding, uh, you know, so many different little things. And you watch these guys where they draw the contact and and then they get the foul called and then they, they go and, you know, and, and make the layup or the shot or whatever. And, and just watching as simple as that, that's something Donovan has learned in his game. You know, at first he just tried to blow by people. But, yeah, the guys who watch the film and the guys who really – really put in the work uh, are typically are the guys that end up being the ones that, that really succeed. So the whole like, oh, I'm – it's because I'm, you know, 
I'm I know, watching I know. more film than everybody else. I know for was LeBron me. LeBron watching more film than everybody else during well, this whole well, thing. Well, he's an amazing. I'm sure he. I'm sure he went through the same process of really understanding the game and understanding, you know. Um, so it's understanding the game and then going and building your game to where you can really exploit and attack people. And LeBron is, you know, this amazing athlete who's six nine or ten and. And he's just a mismatch for so many people. I mean, he's a guy that no matter what the situation is, he's always going to create a really good shot. And he has that ability. And and some guys don't, you know, as good as they are, they just, they have to use other players to create a shot. Laurie Markkinen, you know, he's seven feet tall. And as he continues to develop a way to always be able to get a, a, a good look at the basket, that's where you, that's where a guy becomes a superstar. Where he's just you just you can't stop him, and that comes through practice and repetition and study. And I couldn't imagine in my life as a professional athlete not having access to film. Like the film is just it's it's as much of a part of it's as much like breathing as anything you do because it never lies. And you play in the game and, and it happens in a nanosecond, right? And, and and so you just like you're like, what just happened? You know, and you react to it and then you go back and you look at the film and you go, Oh, that's what happened and, and you learn from it and you and it helps you to get the game to slow down. It helps you to see the game. They film everything. Like every practice, every Every rep would you, you go back take and in practice. Would you go back and watch practice film? Every day. Your own practice film. It was, it. okay, you know how we do those air checks? They're super fun. And they're awful? Well, we did air checks every single day. Scott, your voice you would, sounded weird here. What was the problem? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, right. and, I don't know. And it's embarrassing. Me, it's, <laughs> like, it totally exposes you. Yeah. And because you, you can't hide from it. And, and you know what it makes you? Brutally honest. It's like, this is who you are, you know, and, and you're going to look at it every day and you can't help but get better from it. And, and here's, the, here's the challenging part. You're not the only one looking at it. There is every other guy on the offense and they're looking and they're going, okay, our, you know, quarterback's legit here, you know, or because you think of Zach Wilson and those players in that meeting with him and they're watching and they're going, how'd this, how'd this guy miss that throw? Like, how did he miss that throw? I mean, what, what was he thinking here? So it's not only you looking at it. It's all your teammates. It's all your coaches. And, I mean, you are you are literally out there, and you're evaluated, and you're graded, and you're assessed by every single person on that team. And, that, that, and, and, and it's not once in a while. It's every single day. And is it every person or is it like every person? So even I, that imagine, backup, even that backup quarterback, job. you get you get four reps in practice because you're the backup, right? And you're like, thank heavens. But then somebody calls you and goes, "Hey, can I talk to you about how dumb you looked in practice today?" Well, if you get four reps, you're lucky as the backup, <laughs> and three of those reps are going to be running plays. You're just going to hand the ball off. Oh boy. I mean, I mean, you you don't get an. How do guys get even? You don't. You don't how do guys get good in the NFL even if you're a backup? You don't. <laughs> <laughs> that you you find ways to do like you get guys after practice and you go let, let's throw routes let's you do whatever you can to cheat and, and someone's find, and someone's filming it any, anywhere you well you hope they are you hope that people are going look man look at that guy I throw like the it. ball it's, it's it's pretty good um imagine in your job and I'm saying you Alex but I'm saying all the people out there listening to us right now imagine if you <laughs> you were videotaped I mean I know that cameras are kind of everywhere today. Yeah. 
But I'm saying everything you do at work. Have you seen those? They're uh, videotaping it, and you're reviewing it with your yeah. boss well, every day. So, like, the, people would freak out. Like, they could yeah. people couldn't, like, you can't be playing solitaire or other things <laughs> well, on so your computer. That. Okay, now, hold on. So, the people who are working remote now, they're, they, I, I've seen this thing that they are doing where your boss basically sees your activity level sees immediately. Just, yeah. And doesn't necessarily see your screen, although you can do that. And I think some some uh, employers would want that. I don't know why you'd want that level of scrutiny. If they're not getting their job done, let them go. If they are getting their job done, like don't nitpick on all of the, you know. So what they do now is though they see, okay, did they log into their computer? What time was it? And they can see if they're active. You know, if they're punching right. nothing. Yeah. So now you've seen the, the freaking weirdos out there who are, and they're genius weirdos. And they're inventing these programs that basically, as soon as 9 o'clock hits, it logs you on, starts moving your mouse around for you. I've seen these, like, automated, like, uh, moving robot mo- uh, mouse that's just, like, moving around. Like this There's, artificial intelligence. Yes, and they're yeah. typing in stuff. and they're Because you look active on there. There's no version of that in the NFL where it's just like, oh, so I'm apparently out there. So <laughs> apparently there's artificial intelligence mm-hmm. that you can put in some, like, inputs, um, and it will, it will, based on... Um, certain, you know, it'll know. It knows like, how to work it, for it'll, you? It'll not only know, like, your patterns, but it'll know, like, the topic. And you can actually, it'll write papers for you. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've it'll, seen it. It'll write a mm-hmm. talk for you, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and probably a better talk than if you wrote your own talk for, like, church kind of thing, <laughs> you know? It's like, I can think of a lot of people I'd like to give that to, because it's like, yeah. How do you, do you think the AI goes, well, I got a call this week. Ha, ha. Like, just fire that AI. When I got a call this week from Brother Jones, get out of here. Don't say that. Well, you just don't answer. Oh, you think the AI is going to do that? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They work oh. all the like, little, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, all sorry. little things. I, I got you now. The word refreshments yeah. has worked in there somewhere. I They're was like, trying it's the to avoid. I don't know. I'm just a computer. Yeah. I know this is yeah. what you people yeah. talk about. Yeah. I'm so embarrassed to be here and so nervous. <laughs> Please forgive me. And it's like, uh, you can just sit down now. Don't even give us a talk. I don't want to hear it. Scott and his talk talk. All right. <laughs> Uh, oh boy, I didn't even get to the uh, to the Pac-12 prediction stuff here. Although we've got more Pac-12 things to talk about in a little bit, but I do want to bring up. Can that, I just go back to the film for one second? Yes, because the, the whole idea of uh, what's his name, uh, Chris Dunn saying I watch more film than everybody else. That's yeah. why I'm in the spot that I'm at. Yeah. Or I just he wasn't saying he watched more than anybody else. What he was saying was he's like I busted my butt watching film and working out, and I thought so did everybody else. So surprisingly, the NBA and, and like watching the movement of the players and how they're defended and how people make adjustments and how you have to, it's very similar to the NFL. I mean, you, you have guys that are on offense and you have the ball and the defense is going to give you a look and then they're going to adjust and you have to, you have to make a decision off of how the defense defends you and you've got to deliver a pass or make a shot or whatever. Sure. And it, and it, that's what the, that's the NFL. I mean, it's playing point guard and playing quarterback in the NFL, not very different. Different ball, but the decision-making and, and the strategy behind it and how to manipulate defenses and all that stuff, very, very similar. You know, and how you kind of look off people and you, all that stuff, it's very similar. But we would be in, in meetings, and everyone had a yellow pointer. So all the coaches, had, and it had, an, it had like an, a little arrow, 
and and so the you'd see all these little ye- yellow arrows oh on, on the so film screen just annoying. flying around. And, and you had to look at your color or something or your No, coach? they all were the same. Oh, my gosh. Be, but you'd sit with your position group, right? Right. But Coach Shula, Coach Shula had a red dot. Oh, boy. So everyone was a yellow... Arrow. And as soon as the Coach, red dot showed up, they like, all don't, disappeared. Don't put the yellow, don't put the red dot on me. No. Oh, don't put the red dot on Who me. Who is this right here, Mitchell? Is that you? And you just like, and, and it it almost would like burn into the into the film, you know. On the I bet wall. the coaches if he held it too close, and you just you just like. But, but the coaches were probably just as afraid as the of the red dot. Like oh, they're no. on the screen, the red, the yellow dots disappeared immediately as soon as that red well, dot came up. The coaches were under fire too, because it's like <laughs> he starts circling the yellow. Why are with our the red guys? Do, why are our guys doing this? Like, what's what are you teaching them here? Why aren't they getting it done? So the coaches had as much scrutiny. Wow, as as actually the players. That's how you got to do it. Though. So it's a level of uh, CYA. Like, <laughs> whose fault is it? You, right. you lived in this world of yeah. like, wasn't my fault. I did my job. Boy. If you had Don Shula's red dot mm, yeah, circle just, your that laser pointer yellow T or your yellow pointer, you'd be like, oh my goodness, yeah. that's like, I mean, it's the worst. Someone dips in. We had one time uh, an executive walk into our studio while we were talking with a guest, and they like walked into the studio and they're like sitting here just hovering in the door, and we're like this. Hi. So Coach Shula was so intimidating. And he was such a presence, like, and he knew he was, and he was, he was, he was hard on you. Like he was not pleasant to be around and he was very demanding. And I'm telling you, scared the bejeebers out of you. Like (laughs) you did not want, you did not want to screw up. You just didn't. You were like, I'll do anything. I will get this right. I will stay up all night. I will figure this out. Did you, but I do not want, I do not want the wrath of coach Shula. Did you end on, he he could bring it to you. And make you feel like about like oh my goodness! Did you still get along with him after you left the Dolphins? The funny thing is, is Coach Shula is very funny, very much a family man, very different outside of football. But he just said, "Look, I I have to hold you accountable to this," and he and he understood his role, and he was he was excellent at it, and he was he was really good. All of his players said they enjoyed him so much more after uh, after it was over. Is that the case for you then too? Very much so. Wow. I I value and appreciate having him as my coach uh, tremendously. Like he was, he was. I just really appreciated the time I had there. He was. He taught me a lot. Let's say. Uh, let's take a break here. When we come back, let's talk about this uh, Jalen Carter, uh, defensive lineman from Georgia, who was projected to be probably a number one, number two, number three pick. Uh, how much does that change with? His uh, misdemeanors that he's been booked on after uh, being released and then getting back to, apparently, uh, got right back to the combine again. Teams want to talk to the guy, right? At the very least, they want to interview him and go, what's going on? Yeah. They want the story. He said he is. he can't wait to get the truth out there because there's so much misrepresentation in the media. So let's see. We'll talk about that when we return uh, and whether or not a team will still roll the dice on him. Plus, speaking of Georgia defensive linemen, the number that I just saw on a 40 that was posted by a defensive end. I thought it was crazy earlier because there was a 449. Wait until you hear this number when we come back from a defensive end. Stay with us, 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. With the access and insight on the teams you're passionate about. I love it, baby. Presented baby, baby, baby. by G2G Bars. This is 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. 
Welcome back, everybody. What a complicated situation uh, for Jalen Carter in this. Well, the University of Georgia is picking up a mess. And, you know, on a weekend when they've got a lot of guys who are going to be drafting this or, or who are in the combine are going to end up being drafted and, and kind of making waves for themselves. Jalen Carter, who was, from a lot of experts, going to be that first guy taken overall in the draft. If not, he was going to be a top three or top five guy. It's just an insane athlete out of Georgia, two-time national champ. The guy is uh, a freak of an athlete. And after the death of a recruiting staffer and a member of the football team last month, we didn't think much except for that it was a tragic accident on a road. Uh, we find out later that the person driving the car was driving in excessive speed and had a a drug or a uh, a blood alcohol level three times past the legal limit. That person lost their life, and so did the uh, player who was in the car with her. And then it comes out that uh, after an investigation, that there was an alleged uh, street race going on with Jalen Carter being the guy who was driving the other car. And Jalen Carter apparently uh, left the scene of a fatal accident. And that on top of the misdemeanors that he was charged with of uh, the reckless driving and racing, which he's been hit with before, by the way, the racing. This is a guy who is driving a Hellcat Jeep Cherokee, which if you know... This is beyond a tuned and overtuned car. This is a this is a race car on the road, and then this expedition that was carrying the other two who died in the crash when they lost control of their vehicle was traveling 105 miles an hour. An expedition, right? This is not not a race car, <laughs> but I look at all those things, and let's just these are all allegations, right? And innocent until proven guilty. He said he's got some stuff that he's got to say to kind of bring himself back to a reality. Like, Hey, there's some stuff that people are missing. I can't wait to tell the full story. Fine. But this is also a guy who does not want to lose out on potentially tens of millions of dollars. If he's to fall into the draft. And my question to you, Scott was, does the NFL care enough? Do NFL teams care enough about the situation that they would say, you know what, uh, we don't want a guy who potentially could have this character so, flaw of well, leaving the fatal accident, leaving the scene of a fatal accident itself. Here's the thing, all right, we've all been young before and we've done tremendously stupid things. When I coached high school football, I witnessed it up close and personal and had tragedies and watched one of our players uh, pass away because of a dumb driving accident. It was a single car incident and it was ho- horrific. And it was all just young men being stupid. And really, by the grace of God, I don't know why more young people don't die because of all the dumb things we do. And this was one of those things where these people are racing. I guarantee it wasn't the first time. And they're probably not the only ones that are a part of it. And it's just one of those things we we, we like when we're young and we're invincible. We think we can do all these crazy, exciting things and... uh, or or our egos or whatever get in the way of whatever, uh, and it's it's tr- it becomes tragic sometimes. Will the NFL look at this and go, oh yeah, this is a, like, no, they're not going to look at this twice. If this guy can play, uh, you know, the same coach Shula I was telling you about, he would sell his own mother if it helped him to win 
a game. This is this is a brutally competitive industry that you're going to take the very best talent you possibly can, the best players you possibly can, and you're going to look the way at a whole lot of things, a whole lot of things. And I don't think the NFL ever cared or will care or does care genuinely about the welfare of the players. I know they try to do all these wonderful, amazing things on the surface that look great. They they don't really they that I just don't buy that they really they really care about what what happens to the players. Mm. It's a different league today. I get it. The ones who probably care the most are the players, and they, and the players have probably put more demands on the owners to do things than they possibly could. And the only reason the NFL cares today is because of the concussion issue. That's the only reason. If it didn't come to light and if they didn't get a settlement and if they didn't have to kind of uh, change their public image, I, I'm just I'm not convinced the NFL would would really would really mat- care or do anything. I get I get all kinds of stuff about, hey, you have this benefit and you have that benefit. And if you try to go get that benefit, do you know how hard it is oh, to really? actually get the benefit. Wow. Like it's like trying You're a guy who's in the league for twelve years. It's too. like trying to jump through some of the most crazy hoops, and there are good things. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, you have a good retirement if you play a long, long time, but most guys don't, uh, and and it's okay. It used to not be okay. It's gotten better, but it's it's not great. But on the other side of this, if you're a player, like you got to have half a brain at this point. And just go. I there's always the, Scott. There are always. I don't care if they're NFL players or not. There are going to be idiots making idiotic decisions. Right. Just read the freaking news but, one day. But and you're this is guys you're, you're right on. You're right there. The draft is in a couple of months. Like wrap yourself up in bubble wrap. <laughs> go hide somewhere for two months. Maybe don't. Maybe so, don't drive your 800 horsepower Jeep. No, Cherokee. no driving. No power tools. That's an nil. By the way. That's an NIL uh, yeah. benefit that he got from a luxury I'm, car company. I'm, I'm sure. Uh, you know, all of that stuff. Stay away from power tools. Oh, did you really Don't, say power tools? Yeah. No skateboards, no, no snowboarding. Sk- no, 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 any kind of ATV, um, XYZ, Were no you bicycles. Told not to do any no, of that stuff too. Oh, well, those, those are part of your, uh, those are part of your contract. A thousand percent. No, no power tools. You cut your fingers off. Fireworks. Fireworks. Jason Pierre Paul. No no flying airplanes. Oh, they told you not to do that. Well, they didn't specifically because I don't think they really thought players were that savvy to go, <laughs> to actually go fly an airplane. Or know? like want to waste their money enough. on it. Yeah. yeah. Uh so so You were, by the way, just to just to pretty much clarify. Yeah. I was were. dumb enough to do <laughs> the, but the idea is someone just needs to take these players and take them where Aaron Rodgers went and just, just lock them away. Uh, until the until the draft, let them get drafted. Th- these these really good players at Georgia, they don't need to prove anything to anybody that this, that someone's going to pick them up. They're gonna they're gonna have mul- millions and millions of dollars. Don't screw it up. Just just get out of your own way. Go lock yourself in a room in a closet for two months, and then you can go out and be as stupid and dumb as you want. <laughs> hey, when you get in the NFL, then you can make some really dumb decisions. Well, when you get in the NFL, watch film. Okay, just watch the film. That's all <laughs> so you got to do. So I was just looking at this. Um, Nolan Smith plays defensive end for uh, the University of Georgia. He ran a 4-4-4. 4-4-4. 4 4 And uh, he said, ah. and I was like, that's crazy for a guy who's 
248. Okay. Nolan Smith, an edge rusher out of Georgia, said, I want to do it again. He runs it. He was mad. He threw his phone at the combine because he ran a 44440. Okay. They're going to be DBs who don't get that time, by the way. He goes back out there. He's a defensive lineman. He's an edge rusher. And he goes out and he runs a 439, Scott. Oh. You got a, you got the four threes as a defensive lineman, as a D end. You that, got to be kidding. That's a guy me. you can put out in coverage. Now, somebody just said he that's probably insane. earned himself extra millions of dollars yeah. by that performance. Is that wow. true? Yeah. You think that's true? I do. 1000%. Insane, man. 439 yeah. and the guy's 63248. Wow. I'm watching it too, and it was so funny to watch how mad he was when he got the uh when he got the four four, four, when he got the four four four, so mad about it, and he looked and he called his agent and he's and he's like, "I'm doing it against agents." Like, okay, you're probably fine with a four four, dude. Is the end goes with the four, four uh, goes with the four three nine. If you're thinking about drafting uh, Jalen Carter, just switch it up. Go Nolan, Nolan Smith now. Go for that edge rusher who runs a four three. It's a freaking NFL. That's a, that's. That's 2023 right there. Insane the amount of the amount of athleticism. Okay, let's take a break. When we uh, come back, uh, we'll walk you up here. This next part of the program, I'm interested in too because I told you about these some of these predictions we're going to make with the Pac-12. Uh, not just predictions on whether or not there are going to be some teams that leave and stay, et cetera. Who could leave? Who's going to stay? How about some win totals? Might as well throw it out there. And where Utah is on some of these projected win totals very, very early in this whole thing. Stay with us, 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. Let's lock in. This is Unrivaled. Yes! Yes! The teams you live for, the sports you love. With Scott Mitchell and Alex Keurig, presented by G2G Bars on 97.5 B KSL Sports Zone. So, so, so. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. It's Unrivaled 97.5 B KSL Sports Zone. Happy Thursday to you. Thanks for traveling along here with us. Maybe you're looking around, looking for something to do on a Thursday night. Maybe you're planning for your weekend. Might I suggest a little getaway? Jeremy, do we still have uh, that that new sponsor who's rolling in ever since the uh, All-Star break? This is a new company who wanted to be a part of of the lineup here. They've got amazing deals on flights. Yes, and you know what? I would suggest... You can get away to some epic places, too. I would suggest if you're thinking about going to uh, some of these Big 12 destinations, this may be your airline. These people going to heaven up this way ain't nothing to do with this boring (laughs) city. We couldn't have said it any better ourselves, Sir Charles. Hi, I'm John Michelson, CEO of Boring Airlines, the number one airline carrier flying in and out of the most boring cities in America. Looking to get to Los Angeles? Not boring enough for us, but we'll get you to Bakersfield. If it's a boring city, we'll be there. Laredo, Texas, Manhattan, Kansas, Bismarck, North Dakota, Casper, Wyoming, 
Little Rock, Arkansas. These are some of the finest, boring cities in America. And we at Boring Airlines are there. And in 97 other boring cities in America. Take a seat in our somewhat comfortable cabins where we serve up the most boring snacks and boring drinks to get you somewhat safely to your next boring destination. Boring S Airlines, welcome aboard. Hey, yeah, I just looked at it. I just looked at it. Flights on uh, Boring A Airlines. Like, if I want to get to, okay, this is just, if you want to get to, what's the first weekend of uh, of BYU's uh, Big 12 schedule? I'm putting Jeremy on the spot here. It's Lawrence, Kansas. That's the first destination, right? But the the actual date, give me the date here, because I'm going to go on to, I'm going to go on to just a, a normal airline that flies out of Salt Lake quite often on September 23rd. Uh, flights go out of Provo, too. Don't, don't forget. Stop it. Okay. <clears throat> you have to fly on Tuesday. <laughs> Come back like, on Friday. Oh, wait, you said you wanted a bag? <laughs> Stuff it, buddy. You're flying in the baggage area. That's the only way we're doing this. So let's go Salt Lake City to where do you fly in to Lawrence, Kansas? Is that Kansas City? It's got to be, right? Because Kansas City? Yeah, probably. Yeah, uh, to MCI, right? Or M- what is it called? I don't know. I- I'm almost certain it's, yes, Kansas City, Missouri is MCI. And then I think you drive about, a, I think you drive about an hour, okay? Salt Lake City to Kansas City, Missouri. Give me, uh, give me this. Uh, yeah, September twenty third. So let's just go out on a Friday, come back on a Sunday. Your typical little thing there, right? One passenger because I can't afford to take anybody else. All right. Now it's giving me a nice picture of a guy in uh, in Comfort Plus on this particular airline. He's not watching boring a TV. He has his TV on and his laptop in front of him. That's very much the okay. It's sold out for you to get to, uh, for you to get to to St. Louis. I mean, sorry, not St. Louis, Kansas City to Kansas City. From There's Sonic. nonstop there that weekend. There is nonstop there that weekend to Lawrence. Which, which, by the way, oh, to Lawrence from Salt Lake. How much are we talking here, Jer? Uh, Four eighteen. Yeah. Okay. To Lawrence? There's Topeka. Oh, okay. Special pricey, probably. Special flights. There's Topeka. Is you... that close? Yeah. That's the capital of Kansas. Am I right? Yeah. Okay. So 418 round trip. That's not too bad, but it's also like at a normal time of the year. That flight is probably around 210. Uh, I've taken that flight. To, to Lawrence? I almost t- no, to, 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 Kansas to Kansas City. I almost took a, a radio job in, in uh, Kansas City about 10 years ago. Mm. And... You know, it was awesome. The Royals were in the were in the World Series, and so it was a great weekend for those guys to bring me out to go. Hey, man, you want to you want to live in Kansas City? But I remember flying to the airport, going, "This is a big city." So that's four eighteen is the lowest I've seen. Also, but typically right now, most of the flights are sold out because that four eighteen one is you flying at nine thirty p.m. and getting there at one a.m. Right? Most of them are around five hundred bucks. Okay. If you want to do first class, you're I would do first class if it's going to be $200 more, which is what it looks like. About 700 bucks to go first class. So that's how Scott rolls. That's to go this weekend. Now, on Boring A Airlines, you're going to be getting there for a lot less. I just know it. You know why? Because there's no frills, Scott. Well, you get there for a lot less, but it's going to take you a long time. <laughs> They're like, oh, by the way, the reason we have so many Boring A cities that are on our network is we stop in all those cities. Yeah. 
We have to. It's actually a Greyhound bus. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we get you to those cities. And then, if you're lucky, we have a flight for you. So there you go. Yeah, that's actually a lot less than I thought it was going to be. I think there's initial rush for those tickets. And then uh, I bet that maybe still. How do you get to Stillwater? See, I don't know. Do you fly into Stillwater? Wait, uh, who's in Manhattan? That's Kansas State. Kansas State? Yes. That's the Wildcats. And do you fly into Manhattan? Like, I couldn't tell you. And I was the fifth grade geography champion. I mean, Topeka's. I couldn't tell you what the makeup is of Manhattan to Topeka to Lawrence to Kansas City. I couldn't tell you. If you gave me the state of Kansas and made, me, and made me draw it, still, is it? Just a line. <laughs> so it's Kansas City. It's just a rectangle and it's just a line. Lawrence, Topeka, and Manhattan. Okay. Just a line. Go from where? Left to right? So Kansas is on the east. Right. Then you have Lawrence, Topeka, and then Manhattan. Okay. So Manhattan's more like Colorado, or I mean Nebraska, well, Nebraska West. You know what's interesting Nebraska is, east. is Topeka is almost straight south of Omaha. Okay. Yeah. Who is like Kansas's friend? Is it Nebraska or is it Colorado? Is it is it Oklahoma? I just don't know. All I right. just know Kansas is the most boring state to visit. That's what they say. Yeah, it's there's just and it's boring. Do you know not, what their state not is? Not in a mean way. Do you know what state there's they just are? There's nothing interesting to see. You know what state it is? Like we're the Beehive State. State of confusion. <laughs> like people probably hear the Beehive State and go, "WTF, Utah? What is yeah. this?" You're the Beehive State? No, no, what does no, that even no, mean? Now, no, Utah's life elevated. Listen. Yeah, but, we're, it, it but, got, we, but we are technically the Beehive State. No, I know, but when people come into our state, they're it driving. It says it on the maps. It says it, and it's it's been or voted the, the, the second uh, second best introduction sign into a state. So those signs. Alaska was first. Those signs? Yeah. Painted by my former neighbor. Life elevated with the arch got high marks. Local artist. Dave yeah. Mickle, shout out. He's a design guy at University of Utah, too. See, he's, he's got Utah ties, he's got Utah ties. Well, life elevated is, you know, yeah. it's a high elevation and no, thanks we're for the high on I life. Appreciate and, it. Hey, Jeremy, write this down. I want to look more into what they mean by elevated. Okay. You never know. <laughs> I mean, with you young people okay. these days, it's what are like, the most boring you're cities? so literal on okay, everything. So Salt Lake is the most boring A city in all, in according to Chuck. Yeah. But what, what are the, but what are the boring A cities in Utah? He's, he's from like Alabama. I know. I know. Is he? I thought, yeah, was he he, was, is he from? I know he went to. Yeah, he's Leeds, Alabama is where I he's know. from. I know. Oh, Leeds. That's where it is. Leeds, Alabama. I thought you were going to say he leads Alabama in rebounds. <laughs> no, he went to Auburn. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. He leads the whole state. Uh, Look, he's the, he's the. Round mound of rebound. Yes, I remember. Hey, I used to have Chuck, and I'm embarrassed now, but I had Charles Barkley Nike Air shoes. Oh. And here's how cheap we were, because I couldn't afford, like, the normal ones for me. I had to buy some that were, like, a size too small for me. Oh. That's not good for a kid who needed no. a 13 and was wearing a 12 yeah. in his basketball game. That'll hurt you. Mm-hmm. All right, there you go. So I'm trying to figure out what the boring A cities in Utah are. Oh, in Utah? Yeah. Start offending uh, people now. Now, you'd probably roll out well, easy I, one, Spanish Fork. No, I'll it's give just you one. just because you're a no, Springville no, no. guy. I'll give you one. Huh? Either Duchesne or Roosevelt. Mm, they're right there. Possibly Blanding. <laughs> the name is Bland. Blanding. Yeah, Come on. It. Like, it has to be. Some you good know. hunting down there, though. Yeah, but it's boring. Like, to sit. I mean, no, look, believe me, the surrounding area okay. near Blanding mm-hmm. is, is like world class. Is this a city? Is Cove Fort a city? No. It's boring, though. 
<laughs> that's an oh, interesting. Millard, Millard, Millard Utah. Yeah. Boy, I'm so glad that's not yeah. our capital. We would yeah. we could in some weird mm-hmm. alternate universe. We could have had the All Star Game in Millard, Utah. I mean, I mean, really, is Fillmore any better? Mm. I mean, speaking of of no. old state no, capitals. No. Oh, was Fillmore the state capital? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was there's Millard. A, there's an old state. That's what it was. State house. Yeah. Fillmore mm. then. Yeah. In Millard County. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say uh, somewhere. I mean, I mean, Vernal. Yeah. <sighs> I notice you're staying away from places that are near us here. I'll take a shot. Oh, you want a boring place? In, oh, I'll give you a boring place. Grantsville. <laughs> you, you want me to take a shot? Yeah, absolutely. Santa Quinn. Oh, Santa uh, Quinn? I think you pronounced no. it wrong. Uh, how they about, have a Maverick now. There's Mona. Yeah, I've, you and I have seen way too many of these cities together, too. Which is uh, the, uh, I mean, Payson, part. folks at Payson will kill me, but Payson is You are talking about Jules' hometown? Get out of here. Four of my six kids are born in Payson, by the Delta's way. Delta is probably pretty boring. Yeah. Yeah. But the it old, sounds cool. The old jackrabbits. I'll give you boring. Yeah, I'll give you I will give you boring. Price. <laughs> Green River. Yeah. Yeah. Carbon, is that a how city about, or is how that about, a how about Hanksville? Yes, at this out, point. Out I don't know where we are. I couldn't tell you on a map where you don't know Hanksville, where Hanksville is? is. No. This is the part where I didn't take okay. Utah history, so, so I don't I So don't. you take uh US don't. six don't do this to I eighty no seventy. Okay. And you go west. Oh, did you just say I seventy? And you go west. Language. Language. That's a bad yeah, yeah. that's a bad area. Um, What's the one where they have the fake uh, police guy, the fl- the fake police guy in the car? He's a mannequin in the car. Is I that think Penguich? that's near Penguin, yeah. Yeah. But uh, those guys got me. Goblin Valley, do you know where that is? No, that's good. That's not boring. Well, no, but it's south of Goblin Valley, mm. Hanksville. All right. They have the the uh, gas station inside the rock. Okay, once and for all, Snowville. Snowville. Man, it's a bad one. You know that you, you want to know a town that's underrated? Canab. <laughs> oh, for sure. Canab yeah, yeah. could be a good place. Yeah. All right. Uh, Scott, I'm glad we had this conversation. <laughs> Let me. <laughs> Some of the boring cities in Utah. It's <laughs> turned into the most boring show right now in Utah. All right. Listen. Uh, look at the look at the potential outcome here of this Pac-12 blow up. Okay. Okay. So right now, the odds that two schools could leave is is uh has gone down adding two schools is actually there's a 50 percent chance according to odds makers that two schools could be added not adding any schools has less of a shot 45 percent chance the the chance that they would add four more schools odds makers have it at five percent that they could where could they even get four schools how many schools are there in in uh how many schools are there in Boise that they could keep asking to come join the? <laughs> they could keep asking. I, well, oh, me, you don't think Boise's in the in the in the conversation anymore, Jer? It's cooling off. What they've said, cooling All right, off. Here, here's the thing. Here's <laughs> but the title can't be picky. So no. Here's the thing I don't understand about all this. Mm-hmm. Everyone's talking about Oregon, Washington leaving, and yeah. all these schools leaving. Mm-hmm. Everyone's done their media rights deals. Big Ten's done theirs. Big Twelve, uh, SEC, and the ACC all have deals in place. So no one's going anywhere in the Pac-12. Not not at least not in, to those places. Not at least in this round of of. Uh, so are we talking about? Like I mean, because twenty twenty eight. They've already done the deal in the Big Twelve, right? And that deal and, has and to so do with the the, 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 the existing schools. So they go, oh, we're going to add, 
four more schools and you all are going to take less money? Yeah. I mean, or, or does the te- do they renegotiate the deal? I don't know. But so I don't know that anyone's really going to move anywhere. Uh, it certainly feels like, um, you know, they go through this this iteration of what things are. And who knows what the landscape of college football is in four or five years when these media rights deals change. Maybe it does go to bigger conferences. Maybe there is movement. But as it's as it stands right now, is you know it, it seems like with ten teams that you know, and again, I get I guess you have to expand because TV goes well. If you only have ten teams, you don't have enough inventory to justify the number. So they got to expand. Mm-hmm. They I, if, if anything happens right now, I believe the most likely thing to happen in the Pac-12 is they expand by at least two schools. That's that that's priority one. Now, after this deal is over, does the Pac-12 kind of go in a different direction? I would say that's probably a really high probability. Oregon, Washington, at least, would be gone in the next round of whatever happens. But right now, I, I don't think a whole lot's going to happen. There might be a lot of people furious about what does happen. Mm-hmm. But you got to live with it at this point. You got to live with it because you're stupid. <laughs> I mean, really, the Pac-12 is just flat out stupid. Couldn't all of those things. We've get said blown this a up, million though. times. Like you cannot sit on your hands, and that's all they've done. And um, you know, they, they they you have these schools that football in the Pac-12 is not the highest priority for these university presidents. It's just not uh, academics, prestige, uh, the college experience. That's what matters to these universities, and that's their top priority. They don't care. So this conference, you look, you can look at every decision that's happened in the Pac-12 for probably the last 15 years, and it's not about making the football uh, prowess as top-notch as other parts of the country. And, and it's, it's sad because it could be. Like the Pac-12 traditionally was a conference – that had some, you know, I mean, it played with the Big Ten in the Rose Bowl. It was This was not a chump change conference, and it's just lost its way, lost its life. It's a, it's an interesting time to be a Pac-12 fan. Do you take the Pac-12 sticker off the truck, maybe just put the Utah one on now? That's what you got to do. If you're, if you're the Pac-12, and, and I'll, just tell you, I'll just tell BYU fans, you hated it when Utah did it. Don't put the Big 12 sticker on your truck. Just put your teams. You don't put a. Who puts a conference affiliation on their car? That is like the weirdest, weirdest flex. All I know is that the point you of the, the mountain. Shield, you put the NFL shield on I, your car. All I know is that the point of the mountain, the Pac-12 country sign. You're entering. I, I don't see that sign anymore. <laughs> it, maybe it exists. I don't know. I live right by the point of the mountain. You don't, I don't see it anymore. Don't see that. Sign. Well, the Big Twelve. I see one, homie signs. The Big Twelve one was there. Well, yeah. Of course, it's going to be put there. Put that one up. Yeah. Uh, BYU will probably put the sign going both directions. <laughs> like we're just a big, yeah. big twelve country all over here. Uh, you know why? And the easy joke is the reason that Pac twelve sign is not there anymore is because the prison moved too. <laughs> <laughs> That's the easy joke. Uh, men, Remedicals Utah's only physician-owned and operated wellness clinic, offering ED treatments that are discreet, non-invasive, and customized to your needs. Remedical, renew, restore, reclaim. Visit remedical.com today. Hey, by the way, I think tomorrow we're at the warehouse, aren't we? Yes, baby. Back to see Tom Curl at all. Good to see that. I'm, I'm excited to see that crew. We haven't seen them in a few weeks, so uh, excited to see them. Uh, our show is always brought to you by the folks at G2G Bar. 
I don't want to offend the cities that we just threw out there as the most boring cities in Utah. Because it's, it's a kind of a patch of honor now, too, Scott, right? When we call them boring cities, Salt Lake was labeled as the most boring city in all of, uh, of Charles Barkley and Shaq's world. So there yeah. you go. And I don't, we don't take that. Take what we say at face value. And here's the other thing. G2G bars, likely found in every one of these cities we just mentioned because there's probably a Maverick there. So there you go. G2G bar, a protein bar that don't quit. And Trajan Wealth, TrajanWealth.com, local trusted financial fiduciaries. We'll come back. Uh, we'll have our NFL roundup, and uh, I will still throw out those win-loss projections that uh, we're getting right now. Early Vegas odds on the uh, on the numbers of games that are going to be won in the conference. You'll be shocked by some of these teams, but not by others. Stay with us. Here we go. Go get it. Let's go. That's it. It's time for the unrivaled NFL roundup. Premium grade A NFL news from a former NFL quarterback. And uh, the other guy on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. NFL Roundup brought to you by the folks at RGS Exteriors. Give your home that new look for this year. Stucco, brick, vinyl, James Hardy siding. Even dial up your just soffit fascia. Figure it out. Get that new look for this year by giving them a call, 801-280-3110. That's 801-280-3110, RGS Exteriors. Uh, Scott? Do you ever watch, like, documentaries? Yeah, of course I do. So I watched a documentary. Um, uh, it was like a short series documentary what on this it? Alex Murdoff. Oh, who, yes, the uh, double murder trial. So he was just found guilty. Oh, today. The breaking news. Well, just shoot, now. spoiler alert, I guess I shouldn't watch the show then. Well, no, the show's not going to tell you about. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying. No, it's fascinating. The show, still the show will actually, yeah, you'll you'll get. I you'll keep get seeing a sense it pop up. All... Netflix is it's Netflix is sadistic. Yeah, because I don't really oh, watch no. <laughs> these things. I don't watch the murder ones necessarily. It, 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 was, it was pretty good. It yeah. was good. The jury took less than three hours. <laughs> That's good, right? It's been going on for yeah. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. It's pretty clear that he did it. I'm interested in one trial. I know. Starts year. in April. I'm interested in... It's oh, did they two? split it up to two? Gosh dang it. They did? Makes me so mad. I, but can we watch it? That's what I want to know. Put it on TV. Did they Did they agree <clears> to put <throat> it on TV? This is a Lori and Chad Daybell situation. When did they separate that, those? Scott's been all over this. What? What? I am, I, am, I am upset right now. You can't break that kind of stuff to me during the show, Jeremy. Sorry. You have to- a very clear directive... If there's breaking news on the Chad and Lori Daybell trial, did it split it up? Yep. Gosh, I'll text you it. next time, okay? Severs, Chad and Lori Daybell trial. Jeez. You know what, though? You know, our world is just falling apart. Well, theirs is especially. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd say mine's okay compared to theirs. All right? So here we go. Oh, they're going to throw each other under the bus. I hope. This is going to get good. I can't wait. I think it's better. I think it's better this way. Yeah. Uh, okay. The Dolphins are apparently saying they're not afraid to extend to a Tagovailoa to a long-term deal. I think that that is not being totally truthful. <laughs> it's a thousand percent not being truthful. <laughs> this you, can is say guy, what, you can say whatever you want, but he, doing he it's a totally out of, different thing. He got out of concussion protocol like 20 minutes yeah. ago, right? Like, Tua Tagovailoa was still in concussion protocol, I think, right before the Super Bowl. And he hadn't played a game in six weeks. Yeah. I mean, this is 
This guy is one bad concussion away from being Austin Collied in this thing, that that career is going to be over. It looks like he's trending in a, a very bad direction. You know, and if, if they have if they have information medically, he's fine. Okay, I hope great. so. Um, I mean, he's he still hasn't proven that he's that guy. He is such a he is he's harder than than Dak Prescott. Like he really because Dak Dak is a really good one to look at because he's he's this guy you just oh is he is he really that top tier quarterback you know not really totally sure had some injuries I mean two is kind of kind of the same type of player is he really that elite level do you really want to make a long term commitment to him when it, when he was healthy the team was actually playing pretty good you know, he's got a lot of, he's got a they have a lot of pieces Miami's a team that could really they get a quarterback in there they could really be Something special. Think about how wild it is, too, that Dak Prescott breaks his leg in half. And we actually have a little bit more confidence in that coming right. back from that than than multiple head injuries, multiple concussions. Like we go, yeah, his leg was literally broken in half, maybe one of the most disturbing injuries that I've seen in, in recent memory. We are more bullish about that injury coming back from that than we are about uh, multiple concussions. And if you're Tua, you've got to be – and you, the thing that's weird about all this is that these guys have to go on a on a positive PR tour. Like I'm doing great. Give me some math. Give me uh, g- uh give me a give me a, a U.S. State Capitals quiz. I got you. Like they they are dying to get it out there because the last thing they want is for people to think, oh, this is what the future looks like for him. He's done. And I hope that the Dolphins aren't lying about it. I hope they know something that we don't. And I hope that he uh, can figure it out. Yeah, because I do think he's a better ball player than. Uh, well, certainly you gave him credit for. Eh, I'm still. You're not still so. not. You're still not there. Okay. Uh, okay. I, if I had to make the decision, I, even even without the concussion situation, I'd I'd be having a hard time. So do you remember when Calvin Ridley bet on the NFL while he was injured? Yes. Uh or was he suspended? Well, he was suspended for betting, but he was injured, I think, at the time. He wasn't playing, and he put 1500 bucks down on a game. And the NFL frowns uh, a lot on that. Now, the NFL is also... In bed with gambling. Very quick to take that money themselves. Yeah. Um, Calvin Ridley said, look, I know, I know what the rules are, but I also didn't think that this was a big deal because, one, I wasn't active. I wasn't an, on an active roster, and I... Was betting on this game and I and I bet fifteen hundred bucks. The Jaguars could actually get him and add him to the roster as a a weapon for Trevor Lawrence. The type of damaged goods that come with a guy who was suspended for betting is really interesting because a lot of teams don't want to take him. You think? I think that there are a lot of teams that are like, mm, he's kind of more of an off field mess than we thought. I mean, most of the guys in the NFL probably bet. I, I don't think this There's is no a way. Oh, there is t- totally a way. They may not bet on football, but the, the, these guys can you bet on anything okay. when you're in the league? Can you can you bet on other sports? The biggest thing that happened when I played in the NFL were poker games. They were play, they played poker games on the airplanes. They played poker games on the bus going to the hotel, and then the poker game just went right into someone's room. And they played. I mean, this was not an uncommon thing that that happened. Uh, so, so uh, some form of gambling was going on on a regular basis in the NFL, and to think that that it's gone away is foolish. So, so I don't think that, I think the team could care less if he gambled. That'd be a nice addition. 
you know, now the Jaguars, it took five games at the end of the season, and now they're suddenly the scariest team on the planet, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. people look at it. In what world now that we're looking at each other and we're going, man, the Jags and the Lions, they could make some they could make some waves next year. That's what's hard about someone like Zach Wilson. You see a Trevor Lawrence, he makes a leap to the next level. He can handle playing at the NFL. It's still a question mark whether Zach Wilson has reached his potential and his potential was somewhere in college. And 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 so yeah, your your team gets better when your players have not reached their potential, their peak. You know, guys kind of peak, they peak somewhere in their mid to late 20s and and then they kind of, you know, they it's more on athleticism in the beginning of their year their career. They peak where they're athletically and intellectually, you know, just at this seamless place. And then later on in their career, they play more on their smarts than their athleticism. And uh, But it's that those peak years, just seeing these players improve is when you want to, you know. And so, so this whole thing about Tua, it's hard to – where is he? Has he peaked? Is he, is he a guy that you're going to put a lot of money into and you hope he's going to be around a long time playing at a high level? That's a hard question to ask right now because – you you really haven't got a definitive yes. Trevor Lawrence gonna get another contract. Uh Zach Wilson, don't know yet. I mean I mean, uh I know everyone's all fired up about Justin Fields in Chicago. I'm not convinced of him. Runs way too much right now. Tell me if this is a thing. According to some sources here, the Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy actually told uh now departed uh offensive coordinator Kellen Moore to run the ball more. To rest the defense. Is that a thing? I mean, I could see that if you're up, maybe by a lot. But most most offensive coordinators are not going to, you know, totally roll the dice. Is, Again, that, is that really it's, it's, a thing? Like, I mean, yeah, that, there's, a real, there's a real strategy to that. Uh, there's a strategy to, you know, um, you, you, you talk about teams being, um, you know, not worn out by the end of the season. It's a long season. And, you know, being able to kind of ha- be fresh, uh, it's one of the things that's helped Utah. Offensively, they've been so much better that they've been able to rest their defense, typically. And, yeah, it's it's a real thing. It's a very – I don't know that you necessarily have to run the football to rest your defense, but um, it, it, the question is you need to be aggressive. You need to attack a team. And, you know, you can't just sit there and go, well, you got to run the ball more. It's like, well, what we want to do is just take advantage of what the defense is giving us. If they're giving us the ability to run the ball, great. But if not, you know, we got to throw the ball. We got to move the ball. We got to score points or we don't win. Uh, so we're, it's a little bit of a, it's it's a little bit of a CYA comment. <laughs> it needs it needs to be. Basically needs, saying, well, our defense isn't that good or our coaches aren't really that good on defense. Plus so we need all the help we can get. Plus, there's always the thing where it's like, okay, the head coach, and now the guy who's not your offensive coordinator. Well, I heard he told him this when he wasn't there. I'm like, mm. or now that he's not there, you say this thing that doesn't make that much of a difference. Kellen Moore is a a young guy. You know, he's he's probably learning a lot as he as he's going along. All right, let's uh, take another break here. We'll come back. We have our two minute drill around the corner, and uh, we have some uh, an update to a previously reported story about Tom Brady. And his potential stand-up career that he's exploring this year. <laughs> He'd probably need a lot of that to to be quite honest to get things going. Stay right here with us. 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. 
they pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.